Are you gonna have pie? Not tonight, Ma. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm gonna want some pie. <laughs> <laughs> you. No, I'm in now, Ma. Get the pie now. Oh, okay. You said it, and I just kind of got that stuck in my head now. And can't really get it out. Pie. Here we go. It really helps heal. And, uh, you know, not always, but sometimes you got to do like the kids say and just say whatever. Kids don't talk like that. Some do, sweetheart. The older ones, okay? I hear them in the mall. You know? <sighs> Peanut butter. It just fills the cracks of the heart. Go away, pain. Ronnie doesn't even exist. My name is Gil Jacobson. Just your average mall customer. I came to the Forest Ridge Mall to do some personal shopping. Hey, you know where any sales are? This is my mall. It's a place of beauty, a place of purity. It's a place where lost souls can find a home. Fuck you, Ronnie. Nice hat, you stupid motherfucker. Welcome to Double Feature, the podcast about twin films. I'm Dan. I'm Max. Max, big housekeeping. Big a couple big, a couple big uh, housekeeping <laughs> things. One, this is episode 100. Yeah, we fucking exciting. did it. We we didn't count. What's the one? Let's see. There's a couple of lost episodes that never got uploaded. We are yeah, counting least... the original bad audio of what was that? Enemy and. Enemy, uh, the I, double. I believe right? it's. I believe it counts. I yeah, think I think it's... we have that one counted, but obviously can, not the well, one that never got uploaded. Um, another big housekeeping is the two movies we watched today. Somehow it synced up perfectly that they were the 199th and 200th movie to make my list. There are some outliers there in that. Uh, like I remember you watching extra escape room movies. Yeah, At some point, I watched like, a couple those aren't on my list. Ones. You watched... Um, I watched a Chuck uh, Norris one. That one is on my list. Any of the ones that I watched are on and, my uh, list on Letterboxd. Critters. You watched Critters as well. Oh, yeah. That I yeah, didn't yeah. watch. So you watched a couple that I didn't. I watched a couple that you didn't. There was... Um, yeah, there's... What ha- like, Enemy and Double going twice. There's a couple of episodes where we watched three movies. Oh, I mean, uh, the Wolfen ones the werewolf yeah, ones those are three we three um but somehow the number added up perfectly <laughs> that uh 100th episode ended up being yeah despite uh, having extras and repeats and whatever which is wild to think yeah no absolutely not planned i mean honestly if we had just done straight up two movies for 100 episodes we would have gotten here anyway right uh but somehow we <laughs> fucked that up and just fell backwards still, into it still, still got here yeah uh it worked out great uh other other big piece of housekeeping we've got. Yeah, this is the the, the bittersweet one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, going on indefinite hiatus for yeah. the foreseeable future. Uh, hey guys, it it turns out forcing yourself to watch close to six hours of content, uh, and then prep for that six hours of content, and then record two hours of content, and then 
me have to edit two hours also um it's a lot of work to, to try to do that of it. weekly every week <laughs> oh boy um yeah no i brought this up to you last week it's it luckily you ended up being on the same page that we at least need a break um yeah got it. it's I, time I'm, to take take some time i don't think either of us are ruling out uh return maybe different format different something yeah no timeline for that whatsoever if you want to start another podcast that (laughs) may feel free buddy i don't do do your thing but coming back in some way shape or form is definitely on the table whether or not it's as doubled feature and doing twin films uh every week is I feel like we Remains have to, to be seen. We'll, we'll have to, if if we try to bring this back, we'll at least need to change up the format, or like not plan to record on a weekly cadence. Like, yeah, it's if I, I watch I if more we than back, a, we both watch more than enough movies, but like trying to fit the two movies for quote unquote work yeah, into that schedule then, is a fucking bitch, dude especially for me like something i definitely notice is like my movie watching for just like a hundred percent pleasure has gone down significantly like where i would probably watch like three or four you know movies for myself a week on a regular basis uh i maybe watch one that's not related to podcast so i mean i think if we come if if doubled feature comes back exactly as it is uh which there would definitely be like a slight format change like it it's gonna be like every other week for sure yeah Um, at the best yeah weekly is a little much for that i mean and if we do that that probably opens us up to do like kind of i would you know we would probably go a little bit harder on social media and maybe try and make it a thing and then have smaller episodes uh as like patreon content or something like that and or it could be dead forever i don't know i ain't ruling anything out. you know uh i would i would probably at least for me personally i think more than likely is we come back as something a little bit different probably still movie related but um something that allows us to be a little bit more free flowing and could, could we do like youtube videos where we're like a child critic and we call it lights camera jackson is there is anybody doing that yet i i don't know is that <laughs> yeah that's are a you guy. getting this from something or is this a thing yeah you don't know lights camera jackson you know lcj no oh he's a fucking weirdo okay. um yeah, he has a hilarious video. If you if you're not familiar with this, look up uh, Lights Camera Jackson Doctor Strange, and it'll pull up uh, his video review of Doctor Strange. Where he intros the video by saying, "Doctor, Doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of Doctor Strange." It's <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. It's so funny. Um, he, oh, he called uh, Amy uh, Amy Schumer a fat whore once, like as a joke, because he thought it was like going to be okay, and she got super mad at him publicly. Um, yeah, he's just a little shit. Okay, <laughs> it, 
Yeah, he he is sucks. It, I love he okay. does year end lists. I'm doing this even on the last episode. I can't help but bring help up but talk different, about other people's yeah. content. Yeah, uh, he does the most insane year end lists because I'm like pretty tapped into what's coming out, like what movies and stuff. And always like three quarters of his list are movies I've never heard of that all seem fake, and I just don't get it at all. <laughs> um, anyway, not enough. even like. Yeah, I mean, because you're, well, we've talked about this before, where it's just like you're plugged into a very different, like, even between the two of us who have very similar interests, like you're plugged into a very different, like, film release schedule than I am, even. Yeah, every Uh, once in a while, I'll have watched a movie, and you'll be like, what the fuck is that? What are you, where are you coming up with these movies you see? Yeah. I don't know, dude. just came across my Uh, desk. And then I just watch random bullshit that I find. So um, I've said to people before that uh, my taste in movies is pretty much anything just I'm interested in, whatever. It could be a lot of different stuff. And Max's favorite, oh, the only movies Max likes are uh, the biggest movies in the world and every horror movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of close. Yeah. Um, I definitely <laughs> I have a broader reach in between, but you definitely do. Yeah, it's an oversimplification, it. but yeah, yeah. no, I'll, but I'll I'll take it. Yeah, um, yeah, because like I'll go just see like you know exactly whatever like the big movies out right now. Like I like the Marvel movies, although I've only seen like two of the last like eight released or something like that. I don't fucking watch the TV shows. Nobody's got time for that shit. Um. But yeah, and then I just watch whatever comes out on Shutter and stuff. I'm even contemplating getting a Screambox subscription because is it? Uh, it's uh, is it Bloody Disgustings? It's it's one of the like horror blog, uh, like websites, movie review websites and stuffs like specific, uh, affiliated thing. Hey, it's kind of like Shutter. I'm sure there's a ton me, of. Right? I didn't just mute myself, did I? No, you're still there. I heard a weird noise. I don't know what happened. <laughs> okay. Hope everything's fine. Um, but there, there's like a lot of overlap on them. But Screenbox is also push pushes out plenty of their own originals and stuff. So, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Contemplated. Because every once in a while you'll watch a movie that just surprises the living shit out of me that you watched it. And I can't think of a good example right now. In terms of like actually Cause it'll like be like, a movie that like is on your radar or just some just like random I don't, shit? I don't know what I mean necessarily, but okay, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it happens from time to time. I'll be like, why the fuck did Max, why is Max thinking about that thing, man? No, it's not working. I'm um, trying to scroll back through your reviews, but I'm getting stuck in uh like watching Possession with Ali. Yeah. Something like that. Which I just realized well, I forgot that to log. Yeah, you forget to log a lot of stuff. I, I do cuz like I just like I don't do it like right away cuz I'm like thinking about what I actually want to like rate something and then I just completely forget about it. Yeah, unless a movie is so. like so good but like like unless I really have to think about it, I've probably rated the movie within like ten minutes of it being over because I'll forget otherwise, and it, and it wouldn't matter if I forgot, uh, if we're being honest. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> whatever. Um, Max. Speaking of uh, 
So that was, yeah, that was our big news, guys. Happy happy two hundred, <laughs> happy hundredth episode. But uh, uh, that's so, gonna be sorry it. to it's gonna be it for a while. Sorry to those of you that listen every week. That yeah. have you told be, Sam yet? Sam's gonna be upset. No, <laughs> Sam was mad that no. we were a week late the other week. So. <laughs> <laughs> fucking well, idiot! But you didn't see. He's this just coming. gonna have to he's getting great fucking guy. deal with hanging out with us every week <laughs> <laughs> instead. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, speaking of movies, we wanted to do a little bit of a retrospective uh, on um, what we pitched was our uh, five favorite and five least favorite pairs of twins. We didn't really talk about criteria, so nope. uh, I mean, it could be just favorite episodes, least favorite episodes, whatever. It could be the movies themselves. We didn't plan it. We said, what are we? We're going to do the least favorites right now. Yeah, we're going to start with the least favorites, and then at the start of the second half, we'll do the our, our favorite ones before we get into, um, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Do you, do, and you did not rank yours in any way, right? Uh, not, not in particular. Um, it was more kind of like, I think we both used like your list that you have of like all the movies that we've watched for the podcast. I definitely did um, just so that I could see like the posters on them versus going through like my folder of just named files. Sure. Uh, it was a little bit easier. And I kind of just went on like gut reaction uh, and scrolled through it like a couple of times. So I've got mine. Um, I've got mine fully ranked since you don't, do you want to just rattle yours off in no particular order? Do you want to go back and forth? Uh, we'll go back and forth because we okay. might overlap some. So, well, you go first either way because my my fifth least is a tie. Okay, um, I, I I put down phone booth and standing Liberty stands still. Um, not nearly bad would, enough for me. Not, not <sighs> that one's not even that close to making my list. Liberty standing still is truly awful, but this is so. This is where like the lack of any criteria between the two of us is going to come into play because I just like. Literally, like I said, gut reaction, just like going through. I was just like, I was so fucking bored to death watching both of those that, movies. That one definitely felt like one of the episodes like we were talking about where just the grind of doing this podcast. I definitely felt it that week having to see Leslie Snipes. Not Leslie, Leslie Snipes. Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> With, <laughs> got one more of those in before we're done. Uh, Wesley Snipes uh, just not do anything for the whole movie. It's and I stunk, honestly man. have no like I have no idea what I gave those two movies like right like maybe like I'm just like misremembering but just like so I was just like looking at those posters I'm like I never want to watch either of these two movies oh, ever no, no, again no. yeah I mean they're definitely yeah. not good but no no no, 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 no not even close um so my mine I did have ranked but I had my uh fourth and fifth these are like from the bottom so my f- number one coming up will be my absolute zero. Um, but these two couldn't really differentiate them. Uh, these were a case that we run into so often of one's better than the other, but both are just so bad overall and completely forgettable. They are Centurion and Iron Eagle. Hey, uh, this is why I wanted to go back and forth because the Centurion and Iron Eagle are my number four. Hey, see, uh, there you go. Good. Um, <laughs> the the other one that I consider pretty much uh, identical to Centurion and Iron Eagle is uh, the Legend of Hercules and Hercules. 
Hey, bud, those are also on my list. Um, <laughs> both of these, I remember we both kind of had, I believe you picked both of those. Not not throwing any shade because we got to make our way through the list. But yeah, I think I, th- I probably because actually, uh, you know I, what? My entire <laughs> list are all ones that I picked. No one Elise picked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bummer. Uh, I didn't even think like, about that until right now. So. I, I, tend, I tended to go through the list kind of if i didn't have something that i like specifically like wanted to do and there's plenty of stuff like on that list that like we didn't get to that i still wanted to do we both wanted to do that volcano movie so bad yeah dude no could not find one of them anywhere not not dante's peak in volcano but i I forget what they're even about but they sounded really good and they were like such crazy twin movies that like they made a movie about like them both yeah there's like out. a documentary about the fact that like they were made like twin films yeah. made about Vo- them volcano and stromboli volcano and from 1950 um let's see the yeah the, no? it was anna being the, well, the you're, you're muted on my end god damn it <laughs> a recording uh, it was still recording. I, I okay. muted myself in Discord. Somehow. Well, what let's give fuck? it a let's give it a break, and then I'll come in asking if they were volcano and Stromboli. Yeah. Okay. Were they volcano and Stromboli? Were those the two that we found? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, those. Uh, like the star of one of them, like made it out of spite for not being cast in the other, and uh, yeah. It, it yeah. just sounds crazy. They made a movie called The War of the Volcanoes, about, or a documentary about the making of them because they're such twin films, but we like couldn't find them to watch. Yeah, so, you know what's another one that's on here that I had tried a couple of times to find? Is it The Witches um, one? The Witches one we tried a couple of times. That's like The Craft and Little it's Witches called Little or something Witches, like that. Yeah. Um, couldn't find Little Witches anywhere. Uh I I tried to a couple of times find there's a Satyricon and Fellini Satyricon where, uh, you know, both films based on Patronus's uh, Satyricon, but like the ones Federico uh, Fellini, the other ones Gianluigi and uh, like looking at them and like looking at like just like some of the stuff about the movies, they both just sounded fucking wild, like big budget productions from like 19 when did these come out 1960s and they just sounded like they were just like visually wild and i could not find them anywhere i would try like maybe every three weeks or so to see if i could just like dig around and find them so that we could do them and it's not on there and then there's like plenty of just that like just like normal good movies that we were like in my mind i was like oh we should kind of like save these for like when we like hit a lull um and maybe we should have gotten to him sooner and we wouldn't hey. be in this situation but <laughs> hey that's that's something i run up to my whole life man it's just saving something for something that never comes but um, it's all, like it's like that... the health potions in a video game dude i gotta yeah, exactly. never use these so that i'll still have them for when i need them later aka when i'm done with the game and have all of them in my inventory um all of that to say like because i had some like that I wanted to keep on the back burner to like bring out or like ones like plenty of like horror ones that we were kind of saving for 
um like october to keep sort of like our theming on and stuff um i would kind of just like look for ones that i thought had a possibility to be like either like a surprise or like a good bad where it's like we could like there might be something to like pull out of these yeah we, um, uh, more often than not they just ended up being helplessly boring which you, you and i both thought issue. like oh this one's uh these are both like uh sword and sandal just like will be fun action movies and uh so we went in kind of with high hopes even for these shitty movies and they somehow uh demolished those those, those yeah. small hopes that we've had for them and like for both of these i think i was mostly just hoping that like okay like if i can get just i don't blame like, them you. to be like if, I, if i'm not being clear about movies. that i don't i don't blame yeah i, I was in full support of those decisions but oof. yeah um yeah not not fun so did did you say you had both of those on your list as well both the hercules and the yeah Saturnian yeah, yeah, yeah. Iron Eagle, so. again like not really any like particular like order because i was just like going through uh mainly for like the hercules ones like i was going through looking at you know like the posters or like the images on letterboxd and i saw the rock hercules and my literal like split second reaction was oh yeah we watched that <laughs> so i'm like that's automatically like if i can't even remember that i fucking watch it for the podcast it that's that's bad like that's to, that's to me a larger stain on a movie's quality than me like hating it even now i'm thinking at least yeah we watched that but like was rufus sewell in it or like he was he he was was, in the the rock one yeah so i mean i guess i was right but like i truly can't even remember and i have a pretty good memory of most movies i've watched so Um, like I, i i definitely would much rather absolutely hate a movie than just not even remember it existed yeah i'm Um, trying right now to figure out which one in my mind if it was the uh uh what's the guy tom hiddleston or channing tatum which one of them i guess it would be is that his name tom hiddleston the guy from prometheus uh are you thinking of michael fassbender michael fassbender who's tom hiddleston is that anybody isn't that a is that a guy's the name? Guy who, the guy who plays Loki. Yeah, that's the guy who plays Loki in the Marvel movies. Okay. He so was I was King thinking, Kong. I was thinking of Michael Fassbender though. I just said that. Yeah, he's name. in he's in Centurion, and then uh, that other, the other guy was, you said is in yeah Channing Tatum. I was trying to figure out which one was in the one with Imogen Poots, and then I only like got cause, just because Channing Tatum and Imogen Poots doesn't seem like a a pairing they would make is the only reason I kind of figured out who was in which one. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. is, it is fassy with uh image and gay poots that we get to say her name one more time. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, I think I'm your one up on me now. You've, you've shared three of your sure, yeah, uh, yeah. bottoms. So my next one, uh, this is a weird one because, uh, it's being saved from being at the absolute bottom because one of the movies in the, in the pairing is, was decent uh these are uh for an elise episode uh myth of fingerprints and house of yes uh See, house I of try- yes i thought was fine but myth of fingerprints was one of the worst things i've ever seen <laughs> i hated that movie so much yeah the 
Which one? Yeah, House of Yes is the one with uh, Parker Posey in it. Right? Yeah, that one was like a, a surprising little treat. I kind of liked yeah, that movie. I, I, like, not, I did I didn't like love that movie. It, but, uh, it, it was weird. It was like it, it like it was it had its own little kind of like off kilter like beat. It marched that movie that, has that no business nice. being in my bottom five. But the myth of fingerprints dragged it down. See, so okay, so this is far. this is where we split on criteria again because I specifically like I I didn't have a hard time picking bottom five for both of my lists. Like for my top, I maybe had like up to like ten episodes, like ten pairs that I was like, these are all really solid. Oh yeah, absolutely. I had I had a lot of fun like doing these, and then I had to like pare it down and honestly make some like tough decisions. And I think even then I've changed one since i pared it down now um like i i enjoyed this episode like i thought it was a fun episode because we all hated myth of fingerprints so much like that made it like a like a fun episode to record and all liking house of yes like that was a that was like a good episode to me and i specifically tried to choose episodes for my bottom that um I didn't really like either of the movies. Yeah. Which that that actually I, made it I difficult did for because pretty much typically, everyone besides this one. But Myth of Fingerprints, um, I just had to shout out. <laughs> <laughs> typically there is at least one where it's like, yeah, this is like solid or at least like fine. Truly. Um the the one episode, my next one, and this is one where like looking back, like probably the lowest scores I gave any individual like pair was uh Can I guess? Yeah, sure. The White House ones. Those are on my list. Okay. Well, which sorry. I'll talk about those now. Then, yeah, <laughs> okay, I fucking okay, yeah. hate. I hated those movies so much, and I don't know. Like thinking back on it now, like I don't. I mean, I remember hating Olympus Has Fallen because it was legitimately to me, and I still think so. Like one of the most mean spirited racist movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, truly awful. With no like redeemable sort of ideology in sight um that sucked uh that movie was like like doing that episode was crazy just because like you were like so actually mad about them that like you wouldn't even (laughs) let me do the podcast you just kept chiming in to talk about how much you personally hated it i'm like yeah no max i get it dude but we still gotta say what the (laughs) plot is and stuff and the only thing i remember about white house down was the white house uh, went down the White House went down. Uh, no, the like kind of okay action scene with the armored limousine. That's and I can't remember why I enjoyed it or like what specific moment from there, but I remember that being like one of the only things that like I enjoyed from it. Damn, dude, do you know what that means? Hmm. Channing Tatum is a two timer in your uh, bottom oh, five list, dude. And, and I, what, I like what, Channing too. I like Channing Tatum a lot. I, <laughs> the majority of the stuff I see him in, I'm like, he's doing an okay job. I like him. He's he's, uh, he's a he's a three timer on the pod though. At least he's in. Uh, this is the end. Tiny little yeah, cameo he shows up. Role. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a gimp. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, my next one. You've heard me bring this one up a couple times because I was mad at Max <laughs> for uh, ever. Making me watch them. Uh, uh, or this one, of course. Hey, I just evoked it a couple of minutes ago. Escape Room and No Escape Room. Uh, mm. Escape Room, not good. Also, I had already seen it. 
<laughs> I hated having to watch it again. Uh, that's that's the like real one with uh, the girl who's not Jenna Ortega, but I always think she is. That's in Bones and all. Yeah, um, yeah, she's I, she's kind of popping off now. Can't, can't remember her name. Um, but uh, Escape Room's like fine. It's just like a really shitty, like Saw for kids. I think is basically what we said about it. But yeah, and that's PG-13 kind of my 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 take on it too. Is like. Um, I, I enjoyed it fine, and then yeah, no escape room. Yeah, is the, the, the like issue was you had paired, original movie. You had it paired with a sci-fi movie that was not. I was just like, Max, this isn't a fucking movie. You can't pick this shit anymore. I think I texted <laughs> you, and you were like. I think you were like offended or caught off guard because you're like, Dan, whatever, just because you hate it. And I'm like, no, it's literally a sci-fi movie. I'm saying yeah, this I hadn't doesn't watched it yet. I hadn't watched it yeah. yet at that point. And you, you just thought defense, I was just like discrediting it, discrediting <laughs> it as an art form. And I'm like, no, it's literally a TV movie. In my defense, we didn't know it was a TV movie. Right, I correct. specifically less, left this off my list because, again, like I enjoy Escape Room fine. I, I honestly hope they keep making like that series because like i went and saw the second one and like i'm a sucker for any sort of like production value kind of movie and like they actually make like they're done on sets and it's kind of interesting even though like the logic is dog shit and like they're dumb fucking movies and not particularly made very well and not acted well at all um my main sort of dislike for that episode came from the fact that I took it upon myself to watch like three more escape room movies yeah. for that episode. And I refused to let my own like hubris color the rest of those movies because I didn't have to do that. And that's not escape rooms fault. Fair. <laughs> yeah, I will blame no escape room for it though. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, no escape also, room. Also, was there was bad. like a pedophile subplot in there where like there was a bodybuilder guy who was getting too romantic with the like main yeah. daughter. Fucking weird. Which I even forgot about till right now. Till right. Yeah, I did too. Very, very strange movie. Um, but it, I, I do remember there being, again, similar to like White House Down, like there was like one thing in there that I was like, hey, that's not too bad. And then, uh, but I couldn't tell you what it is. Um, Mine. These are the ones that I was starting to say were like, I I didn't realize that I had rated these like so low. But uh, the last chase in Firebird twenty fifteen AD. Um, talk, talk about movies that are just nothing. I was really really hoping like when I picked those, I was like, these are like maybe the ones more than any that I'm like, this is something because like premise wise, it sounds neat like. Some, you know, early 1980s post-apocalypse movie about, like, cars being outlawed and yada, yada, yada. And then there's, like, nothing in them. They're just, like, I think they're just fucking piss boring, dude. There is nothing. Firebird 2015 AD had a bunch of, like, weirdly, like, horny moments. And just, like, that was about it. And it, like, didn't make... I gave both of those, like, one star. And I was like, I was honestly surprised going back and looking at them that I had rated them that low. It's it's really weird that you bring those up. I I both I think both of those movies stink as well, but like, uh, didn't piss me off to the extent to make my list. But it's weird you bring it up because just this morning I got a push notification. Somebody liked my review of Firebird 2015 AD. Dude, I did too. And did you really? That's what that's what made me go and look at it. Like some random dude. Yeah, I've got to found, assume like, it's the same guy. Pr- Prizeman. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Same dude. <laughs> That's he was funny. Because we've got to be one of like 70 people that yeah, are reading that movie on Letterboxd total. Um, but yeah, no, I got the same thing. And that like actually what made me like it was when around the same time that I was like looking at my own. Like looking through the list trying to try and figure out what I was going to do for this, you know, hone in on what I was like picking for these. And that's funny. We uh, we rated that movie on the 4th of July, 2022. This is what I'm talking about with this fucking podcast. We shouldn't be having to watch this fucking movie on the 4th of July. Um, but it's like uh, probably like pre 4th of July party too. Probably. probably. But uh, eight, only eight people uh, since us, including the guy who liked both of our reviews. have. Oh, uh, what did he give it? Let's give him a shout out. What did he say? He gave it a two. Uh, this oh, is, of course, yeah. Letterboxd user Prizeman, P-R-E-I-S man. Uh, I'll just cherry pick. Uh, as an action movie, it is painful to watch. The only saving grace is the horniest woman ever in a movie. <laughs> it's not sexy. It is fucking hilarious, her dialogue. It is all innuendo. This movie is a letdown. Uh, that, that's, well said, Prizeman. That's funny because your your review uh, reads adding to the hollowed halls of quote shitty movies that somehow have nudity on YouTube. Yep. Uh, which yes, you are correct. I'd be and, remiss um, if I didn't shout out Eric Stoltz' penis and asshole once again from Haunted <laughs> Summer. Yeah, that um, on YouTube. That actually missed making my list for best of because I hated Haunted Summer but loved Gothic. Oh. Gothic was one of the top surprises of if, doing this, yeah like if this we had done this project. as like top surprise movies or top first watches because of the podcast haunted summer would have been up in there my my biggest i think best first watch for the podcast that i hadn't seen before showgirls what a fucking yeah. treat i've watched showgirls yeah, I, again since i can't so put good. it on my list and like it didn't make my top because yeah, striptease, striptease is so is forgettable bad. but showgirls uh, I mean, as you guys who have listened to that episode already, like, no, that is like one of my all time favorite, like shitty movies. It's so fucking good. Uh, my review for Firebird 2015 AT just reads really horny, but still bad. One and a half stars. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, Dan, what's your last uh, worst run? I think I know what it is. Of course you do. It's the one I constantly evoke when I say uh, Max shouldn't be allowed to pick. Uh, I'm sick of these fucking movies or this podcast. This is despicable, whatever. Uh, it is, of course, The Girl Next Door and An American Crime. Uh, I do not care that one of them, the one with uh, uh, Elliot Page, uh, was uh, halfway like a movie. Uh, which one, yeah, which had, one like, was that? Performances and, that one's uh, an American Crime. It's an American Crime, I think. Yeah, uh, The Girl Next Door... Yeah, I mean, it's it's like finding a shock video on on the internet yeah, somewhere. It's, it's just horrific and like a bad movie to boot. Just like uh, I don't know if it was made for TV. I don't know if we discussed this. I feel like subject matter wise, not, I don't know it how it could have been. But like like soap opera style lighting and dialogue and just acting and stuff in general. And God, what a fucking it really. You knew it was yeah. gonna be, you knew it was uh, getting the mention for me. 
a nothing cast. I you gave it a half star. I gave it one star. I don't even remember why it got got an extra half star from me. You are never willing to give. You almost never give stuff a half star, even when you were like raging about uh, White House <laughs> Down. I had given it a worse rating than you. I think. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and actually look at what I rated those fucking movies because I do not remember. Let's see. Hold on. Bear with me. Uh, yeah, we both liked um, an American Crime a little bit more. And I mean, it was, it was like uh, okay, it was like a real movie, and like juxtaposed with Girl Next Door seems incredible, but yeah. it's still bad. I forget. There's Catherine uh, Keener's in it. I think Richard Jenkins is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot Page, like I mentioned, I don't remember who else, but. I mean, just having some real actors in it is a huge, huge step up. And just being a movie is a huge step up. Yeah, I, I actually rated an American Crime better than both of the White House movies. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is not saying a lot because I gave them one and two stars. Uh, I think I gave uh, Olympus's Fallen an extra half star for uh, having competent shot com- composition. It made like you, made it, you it viscerally like... angry, but okay, yeah, they have a camera. Okay. Also had that, some of the worst CG I'd ever seen. The anti-aircraft guns. Just hey, man, you can't you can't even say they had a camera about fucking the girl next door. So yeah. give Olympus some follow and some slack there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, those of... are our worst. Those are our yeah. worst doves. Yeah. Um, I think right. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get through on mine. We're gonna. Uh, get started on our actual episode here and then uh, when we come back from our little break between movies i think we're gonna run down our top fives yeah all right guys so uh getting into our actual episode here um you know it's the 100 episode we wanted to do something special for everybody and um also recently we lost a very like near and dear member of the extended podcast family at least as far as like uh (laughs) friend of the show yeah friend of the show um I, you know, I shouldn't he, be laughing. This is really serious. Um, he's uh, a four timer, I think, in all. That's correct. In terms of like actual episodes. Unless he's been in something else somehow. We Unless he's been it. in something else. Yeah. Um, of course, we're talking about Burt Bacharach, who uh, unfortunately passed away last week. Yeah, that's right. We're doing Austin Powers again. We're doing all three we movies. We had to do it again. It's the most important. Yeah, we it, for the last episode, we had to come back to it. It's damn near the foundation of everything we've like worked for uh, here on this podcast. Um, so, Dan, yeah, baby. Austin Powers, uh, yeah, National Man of Mystery. I would love to, Max. Except I didn't prepare anything. We're just oh, joking. No. Yeah, we're joking. We're not doing Austin Powers again. We, we thought about you. it. We had to get you one last time. I literally, when when I text Max about uh, being done with this, I was like, all right, we got to finish strong last episode, though. I was like, here's a couple of different examples that I, I looked on the list, and I'm like, some of these are like really good twin films that we haven't talked about yet. Do you want to do one of these, or would it be funny if we just did Austin Powers again? And uh, I wanted to do Austin Powers again, uh, yeah. honestly. For, but I was fortunately, like, maybe we don't. though, yeah, Max talked me off the Austin Powers ledge, and instead we will be talking about two 2009 movies about a chubby mall security guard. Uh, those are Observe and Report and Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh, I I I go. 
It's it's been it's been a hundred <laughs> fucking episodes. I can never remember who goes first for the synopsis. Speak, so <laughs> you know what I, I think. Time. I'm gonna. I am gonna set up uh, when we like inevitably come back. If we do come back as doubled feature, I'm telling everyone right now what we're starting with is all of the Austin Powers movies and the Mission Impossible movies because uh, they did all come out within one year of each other. Um, so that's a bit maybe, maybe better. Maybe we should just do series of movies and just watch one in a series a week. Oh, maybe. I mean that. Oh, who knows. It's a better idea, right? It's fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, it's easier on us. Yeah, it's fucking it's two movie thing. God damn, it's for the fucking birds. <laughs> anyway, let me tell the people about Observing Report from 2009, directed by Jody Hill and starring Seth Rogen, Michael Pena, Ray. Le- it's wild. Michael Pena has second billing. Uh, Ray Liotta and Anna Faris. Uh, bipolar and violent head of mall security Ronnie Barnhart makes it his goal to apprehend a flasher terrorizing the mall. After the flasher accosts the apple of Ronnie's eye, makeup counter worker Brandy, police detective Harrison arrives to investigate. After a police ride along, Ronnie forces Brandy on a weird date. Ronnie passes a physical exam to become a police officer but fails the psychological test. He lashes out at the manager of the nice food court lady Nell. He lashes, that sentence doesn't make any fucking sense. The, the manager <laughs> of the girl, Nell, who works at the food court, he lashes out at for making fun of her. Um, yeah. Uh, he does drugs and terrorizes the mall with security officer Dennis and finds out too late Dennis has been robbing the mall. He goes crazy and fights a bunch of cops, losing his job in the process. A few days later, he returns to the mall and shares a kiss with Nell before the flasher exposes himself to the whole food court. After a chase, he shoots the flasher and takes him into the police station. He is interviewed by the local news after he's regained his old job and started dating Nell. The movie had an $18 million budget and made $27 million at the box office. It's got a letterboxed average rating of 2.8, Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 51, and user of 37. Hmm. Horrible Honestly, reviews for this movie that I think is pretty good. Yeah, they're weirdly in line with our other movie, which is Paul Blart Mall Cop. Um, also from 2009, directed by Steve Carr, starring Kevin James, Jayma Mays, Rainey Rodriguez. Paul Blart is a wannabe cop who can't pass the test because of his hypoglycemia. He is a single father whose wife left him after marrying him for her green card, leaving him alone with his daughter. The two of them live with Paul's mother in New Jersey, where Paul works as a security officer at the mall. Paul is also desperately in love with the girl who works at the hair extensions kiosk in the mall he works at. Despite all of this, Paul is very happy, seemingly, and a seemingly well-adjusted person. When his mall comes under attack by a group of extreme sports enthusiasts, <laughs> criminals, <laughs> extreme sport enthusiast criminals, Paul extreme is called sports calendar model <laughs> is so, called so into action as the only man who can stop the wannabe thieves. Paul diehards his way around the mall until he is able to get the upper hand on the thieves with the help of the local SWAT team. The SWAT team leader do- does double cross Paul, but his other mall cop buddies and the hapless police sergeant save the day. The end. Uh, Similar reviews, weirdly enough, on these uh, two movies. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a critic rating of 34 and an audience rating of 43. It's a little flip-floppy there, but close. And Letterboxd rating of 2.3. Uh, it had an estimated budget of $26 million and but did go on to gross uh, $146 million domestically and um, almost $200 million worldwide, which is why it spawned a sequel. Max, uh, do you know a joke that uh, one of the uh, one of the bad guys should have said to Paul Blart? 
Hmm. What's he, that? He should have said. The movie's called Die Hard, not Die Lard. Ooh, they're trying to kill that would have been. You good. think that's pretty good? That is pretty good. Yeah, I do like that. Um, you know should what? I in the writers room. <laughs> what I kind of like thought was like super bizarre about this because like we haven't done this in a while where we kind of like talk about like how similar these movies are. Um, it's insane. There were two mall cop so- movies. Well, not just that there were two mall cop movies. Like these movies are insanely similar oh, yeah. for like, like strip out like all of the like you know like details about it, and it's basically just like two. <laughs> what a thing to say. Well, the, strip like out the, all the details, and then they're the same. Uh, <laughs> like the the like nitty gritty like specifics. Sure, because yeah, like I mean, I understand what you meant. It's just an yeah, insane. A bad way to say it. Uh, because like they're both just about like like helplessly sad or at least seemingly sad individuals who want to be actual police officers, but work at a mall as a security guard. Instead, they're both in love, uh, like have unrequited love for another person or another woman in the mall, uh, who doesn't necessarily, or at least at first, like reciprocate their feelings. Uh, they both have to stop a heist at the mall, uh, or at least some sort of crime happening at the mall. Uh, and then they both find their sort of like self-worth at the end by overcoming and stopping the, these crimes. Thanks. Why don't you bring back your old uh, sliding scale of twin films for old time's sake? These are pretty fucking high, right? Yeah, extremely high. Yeah. Uh, and um, weird that two people separate of each other just decided, Hey, in 2009, I'm going to make a movie about all of these like very specific things. And then it's like, you know, they start to deviate once you get like into the nitty gritty of it, mainly because Paul Blart is like a family friendly slapstick comedy and observant report is a hard R, uh, Seth Rogen vehicle from the guy that like is the main writer for Eastbound and down. They, uh, yeah, um, yeah, they, I mean, they are like the same. It's crazy how much they're just the same, but like observant report is like, I remember myself and like everybody, when we saw this, we were just expecting like a good time, Seth Rogen romp comedy, whatever, especially because you know, Paul Blart's coming out. You're expecting a comedy like that, but it's like really fucking dark comedy like there's yeah. there's some really fucked up moments going on in this and it, just it, it i mean nev- down- definitely not like a fun laugh riot i mean there's jokes but i mean it's um, downright pitch black bleak yeah at multiple points in this movie and i think like paul blart gets close to those levels like in like one or two moments except it's kind of colored by the fact that again it's a family friendly comedy like the whole fucking scene where his daughter is basically just like yo fuck my mom she married you for her green card and then abandoned us i hate her as they're like in paul's mom's like two bedroom house in a shitty neighborhood in new jersey while they're watching paul's like internet dating video where he's just like falling <laughs> off a segue that, and no, that's, that's how just he's supposed a cool, to get women. That's just a cool video he made. The mom is without his consent <laughs> yeah, uploading yeah. it to his dating profile. Um just real quick since we are talking about the similarities, um I didn't find anything on the Paul Blard end about 
uh like the making of these movies simultaneously um but there's a little bit just about um uh uh unobservant reports um seth rogan in an interview was talking about uh that they knew the whole time that uh these movies were both being made uh so quote on wikipedia uh he said we're friends with those guys so we would literally send each other pictures of the wardrobe just to make sure we weren't stepping on each other's toes they're totally different movies uh but apparently uh many years later in 2019 uh rogan in a different interview uh uh was apparently pissed off about paul blart uh i guess mostly because observant report had been like so poorly received despite being mm. kind of a serious turn for him um uh yeah but rogan rogan alleged that they had gotten the script and ripped them off uh just that he fucking hates paul blart now just just so funny to just be like this fucking blart guy god damn it I hate him Jeez. so much. The, <laughs> he he turned into the Bobby Cannavale uh, role. Uh, uh, yeah, you want to start talking Blart? Yeah, I got one su- like wild fucking thing. Um, yeah, we got. Apparently, Paul Blart is the first movie to ever gross over a hundred million dollars from a January release, which is wow. wild that this is the movie to do it. Um, although, typically, I think we've kind of at least. Alluded to at points like it's kind of a like a very poorly kept secret in Hollywood that every movie that studios do not anticipate doing well is kind of just like dumped off in January. Um, people are kind of you know fatigued from the three and sweep, and baby. Stuff. Yeah, um, so it's just you know good good on Paul Blart Mall Cop for surviving the january gauntlet i guess i don't know um yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you really gotta hand it to him not necessarily i will say i i i liked this movie more than i thought i was going to i had never seen it before oh you never seen um i've seen both mm, of these i've seen the second one for some reason before seeing this i have not seen the second one uh and literally for uh no like no you know, really specific reason, I think. Uh, but I'd seen it. Um, hmm. <laughs> um, uh, let's get into it. It's a Happy Madison yeah. production, uh, which I don't think we've touched before. Uh, I thought we had at first, but um, maybe we have. Uh, I, I thought we had just because of how much we talked about Hubie Halloween at some point for uh, what you've been watching. <laughs> um, the movie starts out with. Um, uh, Blurt himself uh, doing the uh, police academy like obstacle course, uh, whatever physical yeah. exam, um, trying to become a New Jersey good, policeman. Good, good, good on them for doing like a little subversion of expectation here, I guess. Where you know the obvious joke is, well, he's too fat to do this. But I mean, let's be honest: yeah. every fucking cop that works at every airport in the United States is twice Paul Blart's size. Yeah. So, uh, and then instead, no, nah, he's just hypoglycemic. Yeah, so. he's actually doing a really good job. He's like crushing it. He's like doing <laughs> flips off the monkey bars and shit. Like, um, and then he they, just passes out, and you get a kind of funny visual right in front he, of the finish yeah, line. He, he skids face first to within an inch of crossing the finish line, but is just asleep. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like they should like help a brother out and just kind of yeah let him let him let be. Him in, but yeah. um, 
but yeah, he's he's really upset. His mom's gonna make him it makes him some pie. He lives like you were talking about. He lives with his mom and his uh, daughter. Uh, his his now ex wife uh, just married him for his green card, gave him his beautiful daughter, and then uh, abandoned them. Um, uh, they give him pie to cheer him up. He puts peanut butter all over the pie, which I've never seen before, and it looks gross to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's they, right. They, it does. <laughs> they insist on signing him up for perfectmatch.com, uh, which is what we were talking about. They're setting up his profile, talking about how he's a great hugger, um, and uh, they upload his uh, extreme segue video. Uh, I don't think they really make segues anymore. I hope people still know what a segue is. I think people do. I think right? they do, right? Yeah. I don't people know, are age, so. too. Um, the next day, he's riding his Segway to work, getting chased by a tiny dog. Uh, off screen, the dog squeals as it sounds like it was run over by the Segway. Uh, thus, Blurt killed a dog, I think. Um, he sees a new girl working at the wig store named Ava. Uh, it's Jama May wearing a crazy wig. Uh, she's an actress who used to be around. I don't know how much she's around anymore. I think a lot. She, she had a pretty. She did a lot of TV. Uh, she was uh, the creepy teacher's uh, like girlfriend and I think wife in Glee. Um, I think is where a lot of people know her from. But she's got like mm. crazy big eyes. Yeah. Um, she's like a nice, sweet-looking lady. Um, I don't know. Didn't. Didn't seem like a perfect fit here, but whatever. She's doing fine. Yeah. You also got the guy who lied about being in nine eleven from the league. Oh yeah. I was. Oh, I was getting to. He's here. I was, I was getting to Steve Ranazzi. <laughs> yeah. He, sh- he shows he, up like right now, doesn't he? Or uh, a little bit later. But yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. He 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 shows up. It's Steve Ranazzi. Uh, his name is Stuart. He's an asshole who works at the um the pen store. Uh, very reminiscent to uh. Ben Affleck, who works at Casual Mail, uh, yeah. Mall Rats, uh, pretty much that same character, just an asshole who comes in and uh, cucks the main character in some way. Uh, but it's Renazisi, and he even likes, they even like paint him as a loser from the beginning, just like a loser asshole is, yeah, plus he lied about being in 11 for no reason. <laughs> um, I looked up Renazisi's career. He's barely been in movies, dude. He, he like I guess he was mostly yeah. just a TV guy. Big, like I, I just TV mostly know him from the league. That's um, all I know him for, really. Which I mean, when it was coming you, out, that was a show I loved. You don't know him from uh, Avengers of Justice: Farce Wars? Can't say I do. No. Oh man, should we spend the time looking up that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Why not? It's the do, last. Do episode you know what I'm talking while. about? Avengers of Justice farce. Oh my god! I yeah. Mean, oh no, I do know what you're talking about. Unbelievable this is- that this movie came out in 2018. Uh, it's one of the like fake movies, but it's like uh, all the superhero movies and Star Wars and stuff. Yeah, so it's like st- Simon. To- Good. Try- it's trying to make like a back to like the uh, the you know scary movie kind of right the movie joke. universe movies. Yeah. Uh, We've got Amy, Simon I'm glad Rex. to see Amy Smart still only doing these movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Simon Rex is Dark jo- Jokester. Uh, Tony Cavallero is Beaverine. Amy Smart is Gene Wonder. Steve Renazzisi as Superbat. Uh, someone named Rosalind Sanfilippo is Rhea. She might not be, per- she might just be a normal character in the movie. Uh, I mean, there's a guy on here that I'm looking at right most now. Most excitingly, Sean Michaels as Incredible Master. Oh, it's cut off. 
Incredible it's yoga. master. Incredible master it's yoga. yoga. I knew it had to be something like that because I knew he played the Yoda style character. God damn. Yeah. Jeff Chase playing Thor Baca. Oh my god. Guy, guy's playing Tony Starch. That's actually pretty funny. There's a guy named Lisp Luther. That's pretty funny too. Um oh yeah. God. I hate that I want to watch this. Yeah, I mean if we bring the podcast back, we better should probably start with uh <laughs> Avengers of Justice Far Source. <laughs> I'm glad to let wow. you know that this movie exists. It's I think only I had 2018 to too, dude. 2018. That's insane. That's <laughs> insane. It, it looks like a movie that came out in 2007, but it's somehow 2018. Bro, it's free on Plex. No way. <laughs> Can't imagine they're getting money for it in any way. Oh, um, God. Uh, welcome back to the uh, podcast. Uh, uh, his coworker, security guard, who's barely in the movie at all, is our boy Alan Covert, uh, the grandma's boy himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw him in um, Heavyweights. He was the guy filming uh, the videos and stuff. Heavyweights was a fun episode with Tara. Yeah, I liked Heavyweights. Uh, that was a good episode. Um. Let's see. We just see Paul going to work, doing his job. He's training the new guy. Uh, they should maybe know something's up with the new guy because his name is Vec, and that's not a name. Uh, <laughs> I also uh, had the same thought, but I was just like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. His name's Vec, I guess. It sounds like uh, a bad guy's name, so uh, I bet he's not going to do anything bad. Um, he's like showing him the ropes, showing him around the mall and stuff. Uh, he tries to pull over an old guy in like an electric scooter and the guy just like hits him and stuff. He's not getting any respect. Uh, there's an extended scene of him trying to flirt with uh, Ava. Uh, he buys himself a weave just to have a reason to talk to her, which is uh, kind of funny, uh, but it could be cultural appropriation. So I'm ready to cancel blurt if the internet <laughs> says I need to. Um, I think that's when Rooney's EC shows up, but, we already covered the the boy, the nine eleven faker. Himself. Yeah, and his his whole thing is yeah, like you said, he's just like pretend. He's I don't know. You you think they're together, and then you find out that him and uh, Jamie Mays are not actually together. He's just as much of a loser as Blurt is. Yeah. Just acts cooler. Yeah, he's just trying to out Alpha Blurt. Um. He gets called away because there is an altercation at Victoria's Secret in which two women are fighting over the last of a specific bra. Uh, it doesn't seem like something that would realistically happen, but uh, he uh, tries to bond to stop the conflict. He tries to bond with one of the women over how they're both fat, and uh, then she just beats him up really badly for a while, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yeah, so that lady beats him up. It's pretty, I mean, it's fun enough, like slapstick, just Paul Blart's uh, getting beat up. The whole movie, yeah. he's like obnoxiously a nice guy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's doing the, like, I, I don't know if this was like necessarily the movie that like set it up, but like it kind of feels like it's just Kevin James's shtick uh, to just be like the kind of hapless, nice doof. Yeah. Um, I get a little bit sad watching any like specifically Happy Madison thing that Kevin James is in because I just start thinking about how that was probably like in another world that's uh, Chris Farley mm. in almost all of the Kevin James roles. Um, yeah. But that being fact, said, like I, 
I, I had heard that, I guess, like, Farley had a pretty hard time, like, grappling with the fact that all of his, like, quote-unquote funniest bits were uh, when he felt like people were laughing at him. So mm. maybe not. Maybe maybe in in this other world he, you know, cleans up and goes on to live a nice life and uh, stars in all of the uncut gyms type movies. Of, that of course I was made. laughing at him. He's hilarious. Because <laughs> <laughs> of talent. Um, but specifically like the Grown Ups movies. Like... That shouldn't be Kevin James. That shouldn't just be like the guy they got. That should be their best buddy, Chris. Yeah, they should have let Shaq take the Kevin James role. Oh God! Could you imagine? And Shaq now I'm just thinking about that house. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. Now I'm just thinking about if I'm gonna go through Kevin James's IMDb and just imagine that it's Shaq in every single one of those roles. Yeah. Um, that's wild. Did you know in 2022, Kevin? World. Kevin James played Sean Payton in a movie? Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> Just learning yeah. about this. Yeah, football movie. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, I don't know. All right, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Um, he, uh, he gives Amy a ride on the Segway uh, to her car. Uh, she gives him her number, uh, and he tries to memorize it. It becomes a thing a little bit later that he doesn't actually have a cell phone. Um, he goes to the sports bar, uh, that the whole, like everybody cool from work is going to, mm-hmm. um, just cause he wouldn't normally go, I guess, cause he wouldn't be invited probably, but. Um, he shows up uh, because he wants to see her. Uh, it's funny that even Vec, the brand new security guard, is there. It's like, how did he get an invite on his first day? And Bart's not invited. Um, the uh, oh man, I meant to look up this guy's name. So Blart and like a like a morbidly obese big black guy have mm-hmm. a nacho eating contest, and yeah. the contest is being officiated by the guy who sells him the phone. Uh, I forgot to look up his name, but I recognized him. He's in uh, The Mummy. Welcome back to the pod. Eric Avari. Eric Avari. He's my that guy. He's in a lot of Happy Madison stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, around. He's a cool guy. The, he's got an interesting guy, look, too. He doesn't yeah. look like most other people. Mm-mm. He um, kind of looks like F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like that's uh, Every time I see him, I think it's F. Murray Abraham, and then I'm like, oh, no, it's just Eric Avari. That's cool, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, we the still other, like you. <laughs> the other guy you're thinking of is uh, Jamal Mixon. Uh, the, the, the big black guy? Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has he, he been in, in other nutty, stuff? Yeah, he's been in the, both the Nutty Professor movies. Oh. He's in Bulwark. Is he the one they say Hercules, Hercules, too? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's him, baby. Did I already make the joke on our episode where we did two Hercules movies that uh some Hercules, something about Hercules. the clumps? Yeah. I, uh, maybe it was maybe. my review for one of them. I don't know. I, don't I know, know I know I had to get around to that joke. We're talking double <laughs> Hercules. Uh, uh I'm glad the joke went over perfectly again. <laughs> um so uh this this becomes an issue because uh, apparently the nachos are too hot. Uh, so he uh, instinctively grabs a drink from behind him, uh, chugs t- down two of them, says, this lemonade is weird. And everybody's like, oh, that's because it's a margarita. 
Uh, he doesn't drink, so he's fucked up and then continues. It's just like a montage of him drinking way too much, uh, getting super fucked up and making an ass of himself. Um, yeah, this is when he's just doing like, this is when I started thinking about the Chris Farley thing because he's just doing Chris Farley stuff, just kind of like throwing himself around the room, yeah. slapstick kind of stuff. He, he's um, trying to make, uh, he's trying to take the microphone from, I guess what's a, it looks like it's a karaoke guy. It's uh, yeah, by it's Gary a Valentine who like is a big Happy Madison guy. He's um, Kevin James's brother too. Are they brothers? Yeah, yeah. They do look a lot alike, and I was pretty sure he's in King of Queens a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think he's a side character in King of yep. Queens. Okay. I didn't realize they were actually brothers. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, well, Gary Valentine, you can be my guy of the week. I don't think I had anybody. Oh, maybe, yeah. Eric Avari was mine. Yeah. Uh, oh, I haven't done Hottie of the Week in like six months. I got to gotta remember to do one today. <laughs> you got you to gotta pick between Rogan and Kevin James. Yeah. Or maybe there's, you know, I'll do, I'll do, some, I'll do some, I'll do some thinking on that. Um, <laughs> uh, he like ends up falling out of the door. Oh, what the hell? What? A bunch of my notes are gone. Oh no. Here, hold on one second. Okay. I'm waiting. Try and fill some dead air here. Yeah, he falls out the door. He's just being a clumsy fat guy, falling around, breaking stuff. Uh, he like gets in Amy's face and is like being weird, like uh, trying to like hit on her or like talk about some sort of implied connection he thinks they have. She's really uh, weirded out by it. Doesn't like it. Doesn't like him. Um, he kind of goes on like the next day to kind of apologize to her and make right a little bit, but well, the next day is Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, he, and he's too sad. The only thing that can make him feel better is Sloppy Joe's for lunch the next day. He says, mm-hmm. "Um, insane yeah. thing to have for lunch on Thanksgiving, like on Black Friday." Yeah, yeah. You you should be eating turkey sandwiches, bro. You got leftovers, man. Insane. Insane, insane thing but that's what he needs is sloppy juice. also uh amy's birthday is black friday that's a conversation they have earlier in the movie she doesn't like it because you know she works retail or something and ava is her name right uh is it ava i thought it was amy it could be either one right whatever jama mays <laughs> imdb says it's amy who knows okay i'm sure it's if amy they could they could be up. lying to us um yeah uh so yeah it's 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 black friday everything is going crazy um he reveals he got a tramp stamp tattoo of the loch ness monster while he was drunk uh just reiterates he doesn't drink that was a pretty that that one got me just because of him it's pretty funny having to sadly proclaim that it's the loch ness monster oh yeah (laughs) um this is like so he's going to work on black friday and we're at like the 40 minute mark of this movie already and I wrote down a note. I'm like, is there a conflict in this? Like somebody robs them all or something? I could not remember because I, I didn't know if like something actually happened or if this movie was just mm-hmm. about Paul Blart trying to get pussy. Um, but yeah, something does happen. Uh, he 
to cheer him up, I guess, he goes into an arcade and starts jamming out on Rock Band. He's playing Rock Band in a way that doesn't exist. Oh, first he gets a cell phone. Um, but then, yeah, he gets Rock Band. He's playing Rock Band. Like, he's playing vocals and guitar at the same time, which, like, is really advanced technique. And, like, the game doesn't really support that. So Yeah, he's like, I, I forget exactly how we get here, but, like, he's having a bad time and, like, one of... Like somebody else in the mall is like, you know who? It, how I relax is I stay after hours and I go to the arcade. It's, it's the arcade owner is like, hey, I gotta go like take a shit or something. Can you lock up uh, for me? And while that's happening, while he's then distracted by playing these games, uh, he, he plays a comical. It's like DDR, but for um, uh, like track and field. Like he's got to do what is that called? Hurdles, where you jump over the. Yeah, the little gates yeah. as you're running, and he's just failing miserably. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, then he plays Rock Band. It's playing um, uh, it's Detroit Rock City, right? By Kiss. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just jamming out while uh, these guys start taking over the mall on like BMX bikes and skateboards and stuff. And it's like everyone's still in the mall and they're like, we're closing the mall. It's so insane. Why wouldn't they wait until the mall is closed? The mall is already closing. I have no idea what these, their plan doesn't make any sense. No. I, I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, they're like infiltrating the mall. Um, they lock everything down real quick. Um, we find out that Vec is the leader because he says, uh, I'm actually the leader is a direct quote. <laughs> Yep. Um, we're going to be cowboy in the rest of this episode next. I don't know how much you've got, but, uh, uh, this is the exact point where all of my, uh, uh, notes are somehow cut off. I don't, this has literally never happened where my notes just disappeared before. Um, so it's, I, I've it's got, cool, I guess f- to save it for, <laughs> for the end. <laughs> I've got maybe like four notes, five notes here. Cause, um, it's, it's pretty much just, him doing action movie stuff which for me gets hard to like take notes on because there's not too many right. like, specific things i it, feel like need like commenting and there's a, not really like plot a couple of beats outside of the die hardness um the cell phone belongs to the guy's daughter that he's now gotten so some cool guy keeps calling him up because at first he's forlorn because his girlfriend, uh, he thinks, uh, must uh, be cheating on him with Paul Blart. Uh, but quickly they become friends for life. Uh, this man has a shrine to this girl. Uh, he's an Indian man. He's doing a voice I sh- probably should not attempt to recreate. Um he has a gonna, little shrine. He's wearing a Bluetooth headset, no shirt, and like pajama pants in his yeah. house. And he's just like walking around being a cool guy. At one point, he calls up Paul Blart again for no reason at all and says, uh, Peanut Blart and Jelly. Uh, yeah, they're just boys now. Uh, his name is Pahood. He's played by Ed here, Kalyan. Who is like definitely a dude? Like if you look up his picture, you'll recognize, yeah, you'd recognize him. him. He's in a ton of stuff, but uh, completely actor, completely inexplicable why he's in this movie. <laughs> no idea. It's insane how much of the last half of this movie just revolves around the fact that Paul Blart is having to make cell phone calls. Mm-hmm. 
it's right. it's like I would say like seventy five percent of the like inciting incidents is the fact that he just has to make phone calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to run back wild. through the plot in my head to see if I'm missing anything. At some point, his daughter shows up to drop off the sloppy joes. She gets taken hostage as well. Uh, there's multiple times of him like bumbling through, like beating up these extreme sports people. At one point, he has to like ramp his Segway off of the roof onto the other side of the roof, and then slams a guy. Ugh. Oh, big sneeze, man! Oof. Um, slams a guy through a skylight into. Luckily, there's a ball pit underneath, so both of them don't die. Yeah. Um, He's like crawling through the vents at one point. The vents yeah. collapse and he crushes a lady. So I, I mentioned this in my synopsis, but like I think it's very important to this movie because it, I mean, they obviously decided it was important because they put it in here. Every single one of the like bad guys participates in some sort of like unique extreme sport. Like there's some guys that are just on like BMX bikes right around. And they're, like, doing it, too. They're, like, doing jumps and stuff when they don't need to be. Yeah, because it's not like, oh, well, we just had, like, you know, it's easy. You can ride a bike in a mall easily or you can skateboard through a mall easily. Uh, It's nothing like that. Uh, It's people are, like, when they're running everyone out of the mall, like, one guy, like, does, like, a little grind on a bench and everyone's like, ah, they're all scared and shit. It's like... God, no, don't let the extreme sports people like <laughs> did whoever made this fucking movie just watch fucking point break and say like this is what criminals do. Uh, it is, it is reminiscent of core. It is reminiscent of point break. It's reminiscent to me of hackers where like Matthew Lillard's like uh I think he's rollerblading around and like mm-hmm. sketching cars and stuff, but like yeah. not because he needs to as part of the hacking, just because it's a cool thing that his character could do. Right. Like uh I could watch Hackers again. I was about to say great movie, and then I'm like, wait, Hackers probably doesn't hold up. Uh, well, yeah, it might not, but not not least- in like a not in like a the movie's cancelled way, but just probably it's not as cool as i thought it was when i saw it in middle school or whatever i gotta assume it's probably still like at least like fun to check out yeah I, I, well yeah i'm gonna rewatch hackers um let's see outside the mall the police have set up a perimeter um he's got radio contact with like the chief mall security guard guy mm-hmm. um swat team shows up uh the swat leader is uh uh, Bobby Cannavale playing uh, Paul Blart's like high school bully, um, who's like making fun of him and uh, is like taking control of the situation. Oh, there's a really convoluted like it's really confusing what they're trying to do in the mall, and mm-hmm. I still don't really understand. Vec is sending these guys around to get something that they refer to as a credit card code, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> Um, I think I think the implication, and they don't explain this at all, is if he has that code, he can steal the money from all of the credit cards used in those stores that day. And since it's the busiest shopping day of the year, and this is a huge mall, that's like a huge amount of money. But like, one, that's not real, and two, like this doesn't 
like they never explain it either it's just really confusing you just know they're the bad guys and they're up to this but it involves them going to each store and writing in invisible ink on their forearms Mm -hmm. this credit card code it's completely confusing so at some point when blurt like takes the fight to them he's like beating up these guys getting the numbers off their arms and keeping it in the cell phone which i have no idea why he would want the numbers either like why is it important for blurt to have that like am i dumb or does it not make any sense? I, no, I. It's a lot of this movie. Like I, I just, it, it, it's there because it needs to be. They they need a thing to do. Um, I, I've, I don't think that's like a thing to get the codes, and then they like specifically say like they change all the time. So, like I feel like once as soon as their like time frame is thrown out the window, it's just like a moot point. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, they needed something to steal and it needed to be more convoluted than just like take cash because if that's all they were trying to get, Paul Blart never had a chance to stop him because he was still fucking pissing in his diapers by the time they would have gotten out of there. I don't know. Right. It's it's convoluted just to be convoluted. It's super confusing. And why, why invisible ink makes no fucking sense. I don't know. Doesn't, the movie doesn't, doesn't care, so why should I? The kind yeah, of thing is I how just, I, I, I just had it. to bring it up because it's Yeah, insane. that's fair. Um, so yeah, Blair keeps running around doing it. Oh, I wanted to say welcome back to the pod. Um, naming uh, your squad uh, vaguely Christmas-themed code names. Yeah, uh, it's it's barely referenced, but at one point, one guy says, "I haven't heard from uh, Donner Vixen in a while." Yeah, and they're all named after the reindeers. Yeah, that that of course is from uh, is that Violent Night? I mean, it was called Night, with David yeah. Harbor. Watched mm-hmm. very recently, uh, which is doubly weird for this movie because, like, I get that it's taking place on Black Friday, which is kind of like the unofficial start of Christmas season for a lot of people. Uh, and when they do their holiday shopping, but nothing in this movie is Christmas themed in any way. The mall is Other not than just mall to... decorations. I don't even remember there being specific mall decorations. Yeah, that were like there's, Christmas there's a little bit. Okay, um, or anything like it's, and then it came out in January, which is like after right. Christmas is. Oh, so it's yeah. Thanksgiving takes place. We see them sitting around a turkey yeah. and the, it says Thanksgiving day as if we couldn't figure out the Turkey day was Thanksgiving. Right. They, or the fact they, that two characters had a conversation for. about like the next time they'll see each other will be black Friday. And <laughs> Which it's is one tomorrow. of the characters. Birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This isn't a Thanksgiving or a Christmas movie. It's a, uh, Amy's birthday movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Let's see. Uh, Blart tries to get everybody out, like the hostages out at some point, but the one guy's too fat, so it doesn't work. Um, Earlier in the movie, the big fat guy gave him a bottle of hot sauce for a reason that didn't make sense, but you know they're doing a Chekhov's hot sauce. Uh, So at this point, um, he's like one-on-one standoff with Vec with a gun. Uh, He pulls open the hot sauce really quick and flicks one little fleck into Vex's eye uh briefly immobilizing him and everybody's like super yeah you did it paul but then he just doesn't like do anything else <laughs> and and Vex just like recovers and points the gun at him again and like runs away with uh amy and paul's kid 
Yeah. And, uh, and Paul's like, damn, I really should have capitalized on that. Huh? And it's like, it's actually pretty funny, but <laughs> like, despite it being one of the clunkiest setups ever, just like, hey, I know you had a bad time. Here's a bottle of hot sauce to cheer you up. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Man can't handle. He thought the nachos were too spicy. He had to chug margaritas. What's he gonna so do with this? I believe that I believe it's called the Devil's Crotch Hot Sauce. Yeah, which, good realistic uh, hot sauce name actually. Um. So yeah, he he's got to give chase. Um. The SWAT team like enters the mall as he's chasing, uh, Vec with Amy and uh his daughter. He uses the like raffle car minivan that he had crashed his Segway into earlier in the movie. He uh, busts out of there, uh, takes a SWAT guy with him, um, and they are pursuing Vec. Um, they get to like an airstrip, airfield, whatever, where he's going to leave on a private plane. Uh, Blart overpowers him and puts him in handcuffs, which is cool. You think Blart's finally doing it. Uh, but then the SWAT guy, Bobby Cannavale, shows up. And, surprise, he's in on it. He's holding a gun to uh, Blart, uh, explains the whole thing. Um, something happens with, like, he's like, oh, I don't care. I'll just, like, take the phone. And Blart smashes the phone, so then he's going to shoot him. And I forget what all's going on there. But then just from off screen, uh, the cop and the chief security guy show up and the chief security guy has stolen the cop's gun and uses it to shoot Bobby kind of all and they place him under arrest. Um, the, the main police guy, uh, everything's good now. Like it's all wrapped up. The guys are going to jail, whatever. You save the day. Um, they offer Paul Blart a, uh, position as a, I think they say state trooper. Um, he says, you know what, I'm going to keep doing what I'm best at, protecting this mall. And then he uh, uh, kisses. Do they kiss? Does he kiss so... Amy? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. What? What I'm seeing here is the last sentence on the Wikipedia plot synopsis says, Blurt and Amy are eventually married in the mall where they exchange vows on a set of black and white segues. Did that happen? I don't remember that happening. That I don't like think that happened scene? in my cut of the movie. Yeah. They just like embrace at the airfield and the movie's over. That's what I remember. Yeah. Did we both like just black out separately and just completely I have no forget idea. the movie? I don't see anything about an alternate cut or anything here. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, wild. And I can't believe they got I, married I, I at the mall. <laughs> I wonder, are they still married in the second one? I don't know. Nope. Oh, no. First paragraph says his wife Amy divorced him six days into their marriage. Oh, that sucks. And two years later, his mother Margaret was killed after being hit by a milk truck. What the fuck? Again, why is this movie just like so dark? Yeah, god damn. Give him the clerk's three treatment. Yeah. Damn. Um, yeah, it's Paul Blart. If you're our age, you've probably seen this movie. There's like there's kind of a big like cultural like most people know about Paul Blart and like it's mostly kind of ironic, like um mm-hmm. like in the way just the idea of Shrek is funny, like the idea of Paul Blart is funny, I think. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like, just Shrek himself just existing is a meme. And I feel like Paul Blart is, like, less so, but kind of the same. Yeah, and then uh, also there's, like, a separate sort of, like, internet uh, life with Paul Blart 2 because of the uh, McElroys and the guys from the Worst Idea of All Time podcast reviewing Paul Blart 2 every Thanksgiving. Um, The joke there being that none of them have ever seen it except for the fact that Travis McElroy a couple years ago watched it, uh, as far as I'm concerned, just completely destroying the entire joke of the podcast. So See the bad they, one? Yeah, I don't know why they keep doing it. Yeah. But, I mean, that has its like life of its own. I mean, it's been running for like seven years. Is that um, why you've only seen two? No, actually, no. I've never, I've never listened to the name of that uh, little, like, they do it every year, Thanksgiving time. It's called Till Death Do Us Blart. Um, and I've literally never listened to an episode. So, hmm. but interesting. Yeah. Paul Blart. It's fine. It's whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Normally I would have said, you know, I hope somebody gives a shit. We're doing a podcast about it. I wouldn't even say that. I don't know why I'm lying, but I mean, what's the point? It's the last episode. I don't give a shit. <laughs> also, it's Paul Blart. Like what? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't really have much to say about this movie. I liked it more than I thought I would, uh, and I thought I would hate it. So, yeah, uh, there it's you okay. go. It, it was fine. fine. It's good family it got, entertainment, I guess. It got, a, it got a you know small handful of chuckles out of me, and that's more than I thought it would. So, mm-hmm. here we are. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna talk <laughs> about a movie I like. And we're back. Uh, first, yeah, before we get into and in, before we get into observe and report, we'll go through our uh, our best our best lists, best the twins, the best the ones we like the most. Again, with for me in no particular order and with no uh, specific criteria uh, between each other. Danny, want to start us off this time? Sure. Um, I tried. Some of these, I I have different criteria. This is one where both of the movies are at a really high level, I think. It's movies I really like a lot. Um, I'm not a big fan of Zomba movies anymore, but we watched two really good ones together. Uh, Return of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead. Come yeah. Out my, my, my number five. With Don't make your list. It just didn't, uh, because for this one, like I picked things out that I kind of wanted to... I guess like highlight that maybe like didn't necessarily get uh like the same sort of like highlight while we were like watching them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Like I also cut like uh the raid and dread, but like that was during. That was pretty fucking, close. That was nibble month, and right. like that was they're two of my favorite movies. So like I'm not gonna just like that's an easy it's easy one. I wanted to it's do a, it's admirable to cut yeah. them. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I don't know. I was never as big on Dread as you, but that one still like was close to my top five. I felt like yeah, and it's just um, both are good. Mm-hmm. A lot of and, cases, both aren't good. But no, I I love Return of the Living Dead, uh, Day of the Living Dead. Like also, just one of the best like zombie movies ever made. So, I mean, that's that's a really really solid pick. Um, my one that I'll start with first is. 
uh, a movie that I love and a movie that was a surprise and then also just an episode that was a lot of fun to record in The Wanderers and The Warriors. Um, Wanderers, yeah. big surprise, fun movie. I think for all three of us, uh, Kool-Aid was on that episode. Uh, and then we just had a good-ass time sitting in, in the old studio. The fucking Wanderers, man. What a What a picture. A insane movie <laughs> she's like truly unhinged uh yeah crazy yeah we we just talked about that the other week because mm-hmm. uh, the one guy was in uh porkies yeah um, yeah yeah yeah. the yeah, big that italian was, dude yeah uh, that one was kind of yeah that one was fairly close to mine i guess this is okay those are okay ones um what else you got there was, there was some weird uh stuff about women <laughs> yeah i mean it's we've talked about a it lot it was a like, problematic time movie about an even more problematic time so. yeah and i was gonna say like we've talked I, I hopefully you know enough about how like just because they're uh like old movies doesn't necessarily mean you can't talk critically about their race and gender politics uh but at the same time like keep in mind like the fucking they're woke old, mind virus they're killing older us, movies right. uh which makes them d- sometimes difficult to talk about and sometimes difficult to enjoy but uh the wanderers was like so crazy that uh it was so crazy i forgot yeah. kool was on that one too yeah yeah because uh, kool loves the warriors um i do too we all do um Next movie on my list, uh, this one's kind of, I don't know. Uh, one of these movies <laughs> is bad. Okay. But in the same way that I couldn't ignore uh, putting uh, Myth of Fingerprints on my bad list. Right. Uh, I Despite can't House ignore, of Yes being good. Cor- correct. I, I couldn't ignore this one being on my good list. It's a... It's the good version of that evil example. Uh, RoboCop and The Vindicator. Oh, man. The Vindicator was so bad. (laughs) Uh, Vindicator stinks. RoboCop is one of my favorite movies of all time. RoboCop is a perfect classic. Yeah. I I kept it low on the list. It's in my number four spot, but uh, I had to to get it in there somehow. That's very fair. Um, I thought about it. In a similar vein, like, there were a couple that I kind of had to keep off because of like how bad almost complete opposite. I was like, I can't be like, this can't be like one of my favorite pairs because like the vindicator is like a fucking nothing movie that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like hey, I can't even, I, maybe some would say I shouldn't put it on this list, but I've done it. <laughs> like, cause I, I feel like I always tried to find, or like I always do try and find some sort of like silver lining. Um, especially like for this podcast, like in my personal life, whatever, like if I don't like a movie, I don't like it. But, um, like just for the sake of having more to say about rather than just like just sit here and like outright shit on a movie um i can't remember anything fun about the vindicator yeah uh, um really. I, I it was cool when his suit like bled and it like like milk came out of it at one point yeah i vaguely remember I guess that so yeah also also then he like insanely murks a lady she gets so killed it's the Pam. I think it was Pam Greer, right? Oh Pam yeah, Greer she's like in that the, movie? like the, yeah. the like SWAT leader or like assassin she, chick. Yeah, she's like a a character you kind of like, and then she gets absolutely fucking murdered for no mm-hmm. reason, like so bad. It was crazy. Uh, um, 
my my next up is again uh not neither one of these were a surprise one of them is probably like i'm contradicting myself and saying like oh they both had to be good movies but it was just an episode that i had a lot of fun recording an episode that i had a lot of fun watching um specifically because like elise and i watched both of these together and then the episode was fun to record was a uh, bug's life and ants when we had sam on um i remember just having a blast with that episode um sam was like a really, really a, lot of, solid a lot of fun guest. clowning on ants yeah yeah it was crazy the j-lo ant i believe said god damn at one point yeah man they were making that gritty 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 yeah. bug movie for gritty gritty children's dogs i guess so fucking weird uh yeah, those those were fun ones. Sam talking about animation. He's mm-hmm. like well uh, yeah. educated on just animation in general. Hey man, the man knows the man's knows stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you what do you got next? Wait, we were supposed to get. You remember we were supposed to get those guys who were doing like uh, DreamWorks podcast. They were supposed to be on that episode, but we. Uh, just never got them to be on. Yeah, I just never like reached out to them. Do, that was Do you know if their podcast is still going? Did they outlive us? The Dream Jerks? Well, I mean they started before us. Yeah. And they probably are still going. Okay, good for They're them. They're probably man. a little bit more dedicated uh to hey. actively trying. Hey, good for them, man. Um but I, I don't know. You know, if they're still around, go listen to them. If they're not Yeah, why not? RIP. Yeah, you need a new, you need a new podcast to listen yeah. to now. Um, my next one, uh, uh, very similarly, um, one of the movies was not even close to as good, but uh, this is way early on. We watched these movies together and had just a great time. It was an example I kept telling people to go back to, even if I, I don't even know if that episode's good because it's so early on that I don't even know if we had like, developed our stride yet. Um, but also an absolute favorite movie of mine, uh, it's hard target and surviving the game. Also on uh, my list for those okay. exact reasons. Yeah. For, uh, for no apparent reason. I just have such a fondness for those movies in that episode. Like super, super I don't fucking even know fun episode. <laughs> I, I probably what I would say is like our best episode just because maybe we would have had more fun if we just spent more time watching the movies together but i think we definitely would but that would then make it even harder even more of a to slog. Get yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah i mean because it was me you kool-aid and elise watching uh hard target i think we watched surviving the game separate mm-hmm. um but we watched hard target great fucking time just like with the right people in the right vibe having a good time watching hard target and then of course we watched ricky o the story of ricky not not movies that i would say double feature well together but the vibe was perfect i made the absolute right call to put it on uh and it it was a very very nice evening and that energy carried on to probably what i would consider our best episode it's the one that i constantly think about uh as being one of our better ones Looking sad that our high watermark was like episode, episode four six. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we peaked oh. early. Uh, <laughs> lightning don't strike uh, for the next hundred times, dude. Lightning only strikes <laughs> once. Um, but yeah, that, give that, that a re-listen if you if you uh, start to miss us at any point. That's also on my list. So what's what's your next one? Uh, my next one, uh, once again, uh, Kool Aid on the pod. 
making it fun. Uh, this one, uh, we did a threefer. Me, you, and Kool-Aid each had a movie. And uh, all three of them were at a very high quality. It was uh, Wolfen, Howling, and American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I mean, usually you have one good one, or I mean, one like passable one, and then one that's a cheap uh, ripoff or whatever. This one, we had three movies, and they were all pretty much like... All really solid. Re- really good, yeah. I I was being too hard on American Werewolf in London that episode because I really just said, you know what, fuck John. I mean, it's correct to say fuck John Landis. He's a horrible guy, but yeah. I took it out on him too much in that episode because um, that is, I mean, that's my favorite of these movies. Um, but uh, uh, Howling and Wolf and also really, really good. These are all like at least four star movies. Mm-hmm. Um, American Werewolf yeah. in London's like, this one I had a hard time not putting on there, but um, it was like kind of in, in my long list of favorites, uh, obviously, because Wolfen was like a really, really nice surprise. I had always known about the Howling and that people liked it. It's kind of got like it's like a cult classic kind of movie. So I was like really excited to watch that. I already loved American Werewolf in London. So like to have. And we were just having fun with Kool-Aid, dude. Yeah. And to have like to kind of hit all of the kind of like nice things about any time I've enjoyed a movie on this podcast. Like one, I either already really liked a really pleasant surprise or uh you know one that i had been meaning to watch and like finally getting to watch it it kind of it it scratched every itch imaginable for watching also, the movie. I, I did the um i did the like edit our faces onto the uh movie poster and uh i changed the letters around so it said an american kool-aid on podcast uh, which yeah. I felt pretty good about. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. Um, next up for me, this is actually um, one that was like fully a surprise and one that was I expected to be good, but like possibly like pound for pound, the like best pair was our Riz Ahmed episode doing oh, Mogul yeah. Mowgli and The Sound of Metal. Um, I thought about those. I definitely didn't like Mogul Mowgli as much, but really, really saw that's that's pretty close to my top five. That's probably in the top ten if I had to keep going. It also just like hits like a really, really like weird niche for just like the the whole conceit of the podcast itself, where it's like right. the same actor in two uh, you know super super similar plot wise movies, crazy uh, level of twins. Yeah, and in, you know, the same year or, you know, or so, like, of each other. So, like, it just it hits, like, a bunch of, like, really weird stuff. And then the fact that they're both, like, also good fucking movies uh, is such a bonus. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but I, I also really like that episode. It, it's, it was always fun when we had movies that we both, like, fully liked. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, just because like it made watching the movies easier, but then it also like it's so much more fun to talk about things that you enjoy and to talk positively about things than it is to have to recount things that you didn't like. There's definitely times on here it's been super fun to just talk mad shit on a movie, but then it happened so many times that it got uh, absolutely tiresome. And and I think the the issue was that it's like it was too often. 
if we had had more movies that were the White House movies, where it's just like, like I said, like more movies that were just like visceral, like actually had that sort of like visceral, like hate to dislike reaction. Like that's fun. Cause then, yeah, you can like shit on them and kind of have fun, like, you know, making fun of them being bad or, you know, having shitty politics or whatever. Uh, but again, like too often it was just like, uh, the, I felt nothing for this movie and I will forget it as soon as we're done talking about it. And that's, yeah. that's where it got tedious. A lot of, a lot of that. Um, I'm trying to think it's just fucking Kevin Costner, Robin Hood movie, <sighs> Kevin Costner, Wyatt Earp Her movie. movie. <laughs> just, God, I talk about just episodes that were tough to get through in quick succession. Having to do a second Kevin Costner movie, dude. I was fucking upset. Super also like <laughs> bummer by the fact that like Tombstone fucking kicks ass. T- it rules. Kicks ass. Uh, yes. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, a, a favorite of both at you least and a, me at least from our childhood. Yeah. Like, um, so I, I was Carrie Elwes, one of my favorite actors. That week. That I didn't even care. Like I was just so mad about watching either of the Robin Hood movies. <laughs> God damn these fucking guys. Uh, my last one, my number one. I believe the only uh, double five star rating I've ever given. Both movies gave a five star to. That is, of course, Saving Private Ryan and The Thin Red Line. I, I um, again, I left these off my list just barely, specifically because like they were my picks. Also for Nibble Month. Um, hey, since you got since you picked pretty much my entire list of least liked, uh, had to <laughs> had to throw you a bone there. I was yeah, not thinking is, about that at all. But this to, is my redemption arc. My one. Uh, yeah, no, both of those movies, fucking incredible. I've always loved Saving Private Ryan. Thin Red Line was like a movie that I had heard was like always had always heard like really really good things about. Super glad that it like lived up to that hype. Um, fun stuff dude i mean not fun but like good movies oh, yeah. good movies Tough are fun stuff. to watch no matter what the like emotion they elicit are. It, and just i mean meta textually just the fact that uh terrence malick had like 20 different guys convinced that they were the star of a movie yeah, that never dude. came out just <laughs> getting full performances from like mickey rourke and stuff that never saw the light of day right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I'm I'm fully insane. fully down to watch like the fucking give me the eight hour thin red line cut. Absolutely, make me, make me feel like I'm in the war, dude. Just watching <laughs> all of these guys given the performance of a lifetime. Uh, my the last one that I wanted to talk about, and this is um, mainly because I just want to like I feel like not enough people know about one of the movies, and uh, it's The Matrix and Dark City. Um, I fucking love the matrix. It's one of my favorite movies. Like as a kid, it's still one of my favorite movies. Um, I watched dark city, you know, maybe only like for the first time, like eight years ago or something like that. So like definitely like later in, you know, life compared to like my current lifetime trajectory, but, uh, super fun, weird fucking sci-fi movie. Um, Rufus Sewell, um ended up i think he's is he a three-timer or just a two-timer? he's a three-timer yeah. uh he's in the fucking uh the one i said earlier 
uh forgotten now the hercules the rock hercules i think Mm -hmm. uh he's in that and he's in um the illusionist yeah that's right episode one i i almost Mm -hmm. put uh the prestige and the illusionist uh one for being episode one two for being like one of my go-to examples of twin films uh and so i was episode one baby yeah it's one of my biggest go-to's um but no, yeah, The Matrix in Dark City. I mean, I, maybe not as you know out of left field as some of my other picks, but just another really fun episode. I, I, I thought I mean, about adding. I thought about putting that one in. Um, who did I pick that from Nibble Month? Or no, we did that one separately from Nibble Month. Did we? We we did it when Matrix Resurrections came out. Yeah, yeah. So that might have been separate I guess, from. I guess Nibble that Month. was outside of. Yeah, because that was that would have been December. And we did nibble November, right? Yep, nibble November. Okay. No, our nibble our nibble month was uh, uh, RoboCop and the Vindicator, Dread and the Raid, uh, the Thin Red Line, and Saving Private Ryan, and then uh, Amityville and The Shining. Um, mm. We did uh, Amityville we, is so much worse than I remember that I could not include those on my list. But. Yeah, I I would um, agree. Uh, we no, we did the Matrix um, a couple uh, weeks after that. That was like a yeah, December yeah. 2021. Yeah, because it was a Christmas release for uh, yeah. Matrix Resurrections. That makes sense. Super fun um, movies, though. Yeah, I uh, I don't I don't like uh, Dark City as much as you. Um, I I still definitely like it. Um, Matrix easily one of my favorite movies. Um, easily could have been on there, but just got eked out. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot one fair. honorable mention for my uh, least liked list that I forgot I was going to include uh, was um, an actually really fun episode was uh, Drop Zone and um, Terminal Velocity with our friend Matt. Oh yeah, uh, but it was because I found out I had COVID for the first time 15 minutes before we started <laughs> uh, before we hopped on our Discord call. And yeah. uh, I, there was just an air in the room because one, I've got COVID, I was fucked up, and I had hung out with the two of you the day before. Matt had to like get on a plane in the morning. We we're just like, oh shit, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> just killed all my friends. No, that was a fun episode. I mean, there, I think we've had a lot of like really fun episodes, even for uh, movies that like weren't great. Honestly, like yeah. I, re- I remember like the Centurion and like the Eagle episode being pretty fun as like, yeah. you know, movies that w- we had a decent enough time, like just kind of shitting on uh, another like episode that I thought was fun that we didn't like, it's not on the worst list. It's not on the best list at all. Uh, the Mars movies, mission to Mars and red planet. Like those were fun movies to talk about, even though they're not very good. Uh, I, I really liked having, um, Andre and Rod on to talk to Firefest movies. Andre had all those uh, Jaw Rule facts. That was nice. Which which he had kept. What did he keep? He kept like going in a separate episode too, right? Maybe. Has Andre Andre been on three times? Is he the only one who's been on as much as people who lived in your house? No, I think he's only been on twice, right? He came in for. Beautiful boy and Ben is back. That was his first back, episode. Back, back with Rod for Fire Festival movies. Oh, and he then, was on three uh, times. Back again for the two hip hop movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, because nobody else besides uh, Kool-Aid Elise, and Elise. Elise was on. Times, right? Has Elise been on three times? Twice for sure. 
Kool Aid's been on fingerprints and uh, canine and um, mm-hmm. canine and uh, Turner and Hooch. Kool Aid's been on Can't twice for sure. Kool Aid's got Justice League. Yeah, okay. and then the two we've mentioned today. Mm-hmm. Is that it for him? Maybe yeah, I think more. so. Yeah. yeah, another very fun episode when we had our friend John on for the. Uh, I was Vamp just about to shoot out. Shout out John's episodes. Episode. I mean, honestly, anytime we had a guest on, it was always a lot of fucking fun. Uh, Maybe we should have just had more guests on. Maybe that's where we went uh, wrong. Well, I mean, I was thinking about that too. Is like, we definitely should have had more guests on, and we should have like tried to do more, um, like bits and stuff, more segments, but the grind of having to watch the movies and record the whole thing. You and I both just got complacent with like, all right, we've done enough by just getting this done. Let's hurry up and just pound this fucking episode out. Like to me at least, and I'm sure you felt similarly, just like the idea of having to do an extra thing, like scheduling somebody or like, I mean, the most I was willing to do was like get some fucking sodas for us or whatever that we that yeah, we try. Right. But then, even then, we would try the sodas or whatever after the episode. And I'm like, bro, we should just be getting the fuck out of here. Is anybody still listening to hear about this soda <laughs> shit? And, um, well, I mean, yeah, no. In general, we we needed less meat of the main chunk of the pod so that we could allow more time for that. Just like riffing. Hanging with, talking to our friends, doing whatever dumb and, shit, I think, at least. And that's definitely, you know, just again to, like, to bring this back to our kind of very extended housekeeping segment is uh, that's something we've talked about also is just coming back with something uh, much more loose, uh, no real, like, theme to it. Just kind of come back and talk movies and hang out and have more guests and just, you know, have have time to just hang out with our friends and uh, do podcasts and stuff, but you know, like we said, we're going to take some time, um, kind of settle into like things out- outside of just like problems with like, you know, our own mental issues with recording the podcast itself. Like we, we've both talked about how, uh, outside life has kind of reared its head a little too much in terms of like, we got other stuff, some of this stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to be an adult and, then do these other things. Uh, I've got a crazy like sleep schedule just in general for my job. Um, yeah. Dan's got, you know, more events and stuff coming up for his job too, which yeah, back in the day when you would, wild. you would get home from work at like noon and I would pretty much be done with work at like two, three o'clock and I would just come directly to your house and we would bust these out mm-hmm. and like both be home at like four o'clock chilling like yeah. goddamn those were the good old days yeah super easy to do that um mm-hmm. even like when we were like hey we just like come over you know around dinner time and we kind of like do it and then go home we don't have a lot going on uh it's a monday night or whatever uh also made it easy to get done and stuff but you know enough about that uh yeah we got another movie, got another movie to talk about this is still an episode uh. Uh, observe and report. Uh, let's see. I wrote down that both of these movies have blue and yellow covers. Uh, uh, I don't know why I thought that was important at the time, uh, but the cover <laughs> of observe and report definitely makes it look goofier than it is. I guess I want to talk about that real quick is 
just do you remember when you saw this? Did you see this like around theaters or like um, early? It had to have been like early time. release. Like I'm not sure if I saw it in theaters, but I probably saw it like 20, at least within like two years of it coming out. Like it might have been something that just kind of like just slipped under my radar in terms of like getting to a theater to see it. Um, I, I, I came can't out when we were either. like still in high school or like you, like yeah, around like, the time like you were graduating. Um, yeah, it would have been uh, depending on time of year. Yeah, either I had just graduated or. Uh, I want to. I want to say like you. I definitely remember it being a movie that I liked when I saw it the first time, and watching it back, it is a lot funnier than even I remembered it being. It's. Um, I mean, it's definitely fun. There's a lot of jokes, but I mean, what I wanted to bring up was just like how dark it is. I, I think a lot was, of people's issue with this was like, oh, they were expecting a Seth Rogen comedy, just like people expecting like fucking uncut gems to be a Sandler comedy, and then mm-hmm. it's one of the most tense fucking thrill rides you could ever go on. Like, I, I remember a lot of people really disliking this one because they just thought it was gonna be a goofy Seth Rogen, oh, oh, I smoke weed comedy. And that that's what I like remembered was that it was dark. So the fact that there were an equal number of jokes like layered on top of that, like honestly, like the first 15 minutes of this movie, like before it gets like into some of like the super bleak stuff, super fucking quotable, super goofy. Oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to some stuff. of those quotes. Um, but uh, there was actually like a concern from Warner brothers that, the darkness of the movie was too much uh, for those like exact reasons. And they, they did edit a lighter kind of more typical version of the movie. And then test audiences hated it. So they went back to the original one. Uh, Something we've talked about many times, like let creative, intelligent people just cook. Don't fucking interfere with their shit and you're going to get a better product. Yeah, like this is nine times this is the guy that 10. directed Eastbound and Down, right? Yeah, he like yeah. Um, one of the major one, players in Eastbound and Down. Um, one of, uh, one of Vice, the best shows, Vice Principals, which is another like big show. Yeah. I don't think Spiritual it's on successor to HBO, and Down, I but it might have been. I think um, it's HBO. He did a um, him and Danny McBride did a movie called The Foot Fist Way. Yeah, that's um, pretty good too. That's similar to this. Mm-hmm. His name's uh, uh, Jody Hill by the way just for everybody yeah. um he you know he's he's a guy he's done a lot of stuff uh or at least a lot of like good stuff uh there's a movie that i just learned about by looking at his imdb um that came out in 2018 called the legacy of a white-tailed deer hunter um that's got uh josh brolin danny and danny mcbride in it um that apparently it came out on netflix in 2018 where josh brolin plays a like deer hunting like tv personality called buck ferguson uh and it's like him trying to like reconnect with his kid like I, it's like a, I don't know if it, it, it at least like on paper sounds like hunt for the wilder people people hunt for the wilder people it, it sounds like the type of movie that uh i've never heard of didn't think was real and our friend andrew just saw it at some point he's like oh yeah the movie's great and then you watch it's it like, and it's like good yeah yeah, it's like somehow like, he what the hell are you talking about it for years? Um, <laughs> it, it, How it are you just, up on this shit, Andrew? We I mean, still don't understand. It's Jody Hill, so like I, I, I know exactly what he's got. Such a distinctive like writing style, just from like 
the two movies of his I've seen in Eastbound and Down, like, uh, you know, you know what you're getting into when you watch some of his shit. So I'm, I'm sure it's like decent. Uh, Josh Brolin's great. So like that, like immediately went onto my watch list to watch Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter. Nice. Uh, um, this movie starts up uh, slow down and sped up footage of people going about their business at the mall. Um, fun little just critique on I don't know, capitalism and consumerism and all that good stuff. Uh, opens directly up with uh, this flasher that's running around terrorizing people. Yeah, uh, so classic so, flasher style trench coat. So wild that like shown his dick. A lot of this movie, like the conflict in this movie, is because a dude's just flopping his little dick around. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, inciting and funny of this like, entire movie for sure. And the and, like the climax of it as well. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, uh, they're interviewing our boy, Ronnie, uh, the head of security at the mall, uh, a chubby Jerry curled with a lisp, Michael Pena playing his like second in command, Dennis, yeah. uh, insane. I mean, Michael Pena is a huge, huge celebrity mm-hmm. and a Scientologist. Like he should be in, <laughs> like, it's wild where his career was that he's playing like, I mean, like I commented on earlier, it's crazy that he's second build in this, but mm-hmm. like still just being in this movie in this size of a role and like the character he plays is fucking crazy to me. I like shout out Michael Pena for being like consistently the funniest guy in like any movie he's in. Uh, fuck Michael Pena for being a Scientologist. Uh, it is wild that he, unlike Tom Cruise, uh, has written his Scientology power to being the like also ran in like every movie he's in. Cause he's like the second to uh, Seth Rogen in this. He's the second to Paul Rudd in the Ant-Man movies uh, still like just out there stealing scenes by being just a really funny dude. But while I, I would argue maybe one star. of the, one of the best known character actors yeah, probably. Like of of, our, sure. of our current age, like I mean, he's had huge, some like starring star stuff, despite, for sure. Yeah, I mean a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really fun role for him too. Just that the fact that he looks as ridiculous as he does and has a lisp, mm-hmm. and the shit he gets into later is great. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a, a funny scene where a news reporter is interviewing Ronnie outside of the mall. Uh, she says uh, that he's a security guard there. He says, actually, I'm a, a head of mall security. Uh, she just carries on. He says, oh, you're going to keep going even though you fucked it up. Uh, he's like, what, what if I just... Uh, he's like, okay, I'm sitting here talking to this doctor. Yeah. Uh, which is a really <laughs> funny joke, calling her the reporter a doctor because she fucked up Israel. It's hilarious. Um. He goes to the makeup counter and warns Brandy, who's played by Anna Ferris. Um, we recently, we recently, uh, after a, a horrible night of uh, sleeping uh, in too cold of conditions <laughs> at Lucas's bachelor party, watched uh, the rare Anna Ferris uh, starring vehicle Smiley Face yeah, together. I had never seen ago. Smiley Face before. Uh, I'd seen Smiley Face. It's, it's fun. This is a good time. Mm-hmm. Just smiling all over the place. It's goofy. Um, actually, you know what? Um, the 
the chick in the uh, Amy from the other movie, the one from Glee, she's in that really briefly. She plays like an actress. Is she? The audition she walks into, yeah. Oh. Really small role. Um, uh, one of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, oh, he's like warning her about the flasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's obviously blowing him off. Uh, he's being shitty to uh, the gay guy. Like that's it, a pretty funny joke. The guy's like, "Well, should we do?" It? It's like her gay coworker behind her is he's just trying to warn her. He's like, "Well, do we need to be worried?" And he's like, "Yeah, you definitely don't need to be worried." Like, yeah, Flash is gonna get <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> just like he's trying to do the right thing, but is clearly an asshole. Clearly, just I mean. Something, something in in many ways mentally unstable. This it, character. It, it, you could tell yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely worth mentioning that like you find out later that Ronnie has is bipolar. Uh, he is on medication for the beginning of the movie, and then is off medication for the end of it. But even then, like Ronnie's not necessarily a good person. No, 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 no. He's he's like a he's an all right guy before like that was like an avenue for him like before the internet put him into the channels to become an all right guy right right yeah yeah just when he was just a weird guy which i mean cut to uh him and the ewan twins these two goofy asian twins uh it's a hard cut and they're just at the shooting range shooting guns um yeah. One, of, one of my most memorable one most memorable lines for the movie they're talking about uh some new gun that's coming out uh they're telling him it has a uh, 20 round capacity uh he thought it was only 18 uh he's asking if 20 is confirmed there while cleaning a crazy gun of some sort just saying yep i can confirm that that was confirmed and uh that's something uh it, it, maybe you too definitely me and Kool-Aid have been saying uh, just some variation of that is confirmed since this movie came out. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I say so much that I didn't even know I was quoting anything. It's just like <laughs> a phrase that I say too much. It's not even super a joke, but just these goofy Asian twins confirming the round capacity is hilarious to me. I also like, I don't remember exactly like how it ends, but like, the scene also ends with like them all just basically confirming that carrying a gun for work is the best thing ever mm-hmm. uh, because they all just, that's all they want. They just want to be able to carry a gun wherever they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're gun guys. Um, he goes home. Um, uh, his, his drunk mom is just keeps saying super shitty stuff to him. <laughs> uh, uh, just super alcoholic. Just like, chugging drinks and like passes out while he's uh trying to have a serious conversation with her about what's going on he's also fondly watching his uh interview from earlier that day oh yeah Uh, that's right which did not go well no (laughs) (laughs) um he uh back at work the next day uh he meets uh nell uh at the like cinnabon shop she gives him a free coffee uh for being a cop or a mall employee or whatever um uh she explains that she's her lay she had to have like surgery on her ankle or something so she like can't walk so she just kind of reaches the coffee we see Patton oswald a couple times as the shitty boss uh i mean it seems like Patton oswald did this one as a favor because he's barely in it but he's very <laughs> funny as just oh, yeah. being a huge piece of shit to her um i don't know how much of that we see right now 
Um, but yeah, we meet Nell. I don't know if we learn it yet, but she's a born again Christian. Uh, yeah, we find at one point out. says she's a born again virgin. Yeah, because uh, everyone's right, gone right. to bike week or something like. That. Yeah, whatever, whatever she says, she did. I don't know if I wrote it down later or not, but uh, very funny. Whatever her line is, she laughs too much about it. But uh, she's nice. She's just like a cute, uh, just nice lady here. Super, super um, nice. She's like maybe the only overly nice. Yeah. She's maybe the only like good person in the movie. Maybe outside of like the mall Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons is Jesse a good Plemons, guy. Yeah. Yes. One of my um. one of my first notes is like, oh man, young Jesse Plemons like almost looks like a normal person. <laughs> It's I love crazy, him. Dude. I was he, excited he looks, to see him in he this. He looks more like um uh the guy from The Mask. Uh Jim Carrey? No, 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 not that. The where the guy has a fucked up face. <laughs> I think it's just called Mask, not the Mask. I'm oh, sorry. Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. Who I mask. fucking hate. Yeah. I God, I hate Eric Stoltz so much. The only redeeming <laughs> part did is Did you like seeing his penis and asshole on YouTube? Yes, I did. That was that was fun. I did like that. How do you hate Eric Stoltz, dude? Pulp Fiction, he's so good. Uh, yeah, he's good in Pulp. He's just such a fucking quiet, sad piece of shit in everything mm. else. <laughs> he fucked up uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, Shouts dude. out to... One of the... What was that, like episode number two? Yeah, episode two, yeah, dude. One of the greatest bag fumblings of all time. Crazy. Um, uh, Walking to her car, uh, the flasher gets air in a Ferris, uh, so all hell is broken loose now. Um, mm-hmm. this was a weird era for Anna Ferris, I guess. This was like right when she she stopped being like mm, polite and started getting real comedy. She started oh. being what? So right around when she stopped being polite and started getting real. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um but she started playing these like bimbo characters for a while. Yeah. Like this is this is around the time of like the house bunny. Um, yeah, now I don't really know what she's up to. I just saw her in a Super Bowl commercial last night, but she's doing um, mom. Is mom still a thing? Oh, I don't know. I don't think mom. Like Alice and Janney too. I do too. Um, but uh, yeah, so all hell's broken loose. He like tries to come save her, but she's distraught. Uh, enter uh, the late great Ray Liotta as the detective. I think Harrison uh, is the name. Who's like taking over business, whatever. Um, obviously he's a real detective, so, um, uh, <laughs> he's handling this more seriously. Doesn't already clearly annoyed at, um, uh, Seth Rogen for fucking everything up. Brownie for mm-hmm. fucking everything up. Uh, super funny um, scene though. Like when Brandy's like sitting in the, like the, at the makeup counter, like crying and, uh, Seth Rogen oh, yeah. and the Yuns like come in and he, they set up a cone perimeter around her, uh, that's just that's just good that, visual comedy, baby. That's funny. And then he says, "All right, I should get you to the um, the manager's office or whatever." And she just goes, "Well, obviously, I can't walk." Yeah, so he, he just lifts her and carries her. Yeah, which is so insane that she would even allow that to happen. Like <laughs> when she said she can't walk, I thought she just meant she needed a minute. Not I need a man to carry me. <laughs> um. Uh, this is when, for for no apparent reason, they're like, they're like trying to establish a special task force or whatever. Um, and this is when we get uh, the super young Jesse Plemons, mm-hmm. um, who works somewhere else in the mall, but has been like recruited to their squad of like guys who are gonna like 
have this special task force. These are the fucking untouchables to go get the uh, uh, get the flasher. Um, he asks if uh, really funny line. He Clemens asks if they're getting paid extra for this. Uh, Seth Rogen says, "Let me ask you something. How much did they get paid to storm Normandy? How much did King Arthur get paid to kill Merlin? How much did they get paid to invent television? Nothing. They did it because they knew it was right." Yeah, uh, and then a uh, very, his, very his, funny scene done very seriously. Yeah, and then his uh, uh yeah, uh, Seth Rogen is dead serious yeah. at every moment in this thing because there, there's not a single. Uh, Maybe there is like when he's on the date later, but in general uh, he's not uh, hoing his yeah, way through this. When he like shows up to like see Brandy, we see Brandy for the first time. Like her and her coworker are laughing about something, and he does the thing where he just like walks up and starts laughing without knowing anything they're talking about. Uh, but in the same scene when he's like laying out everybody's roles, uh, he turns to the Ewans and he's like, Ewans, you guys are my infantry. One of you dies. God gave me another one. And their <laughs> responses are okay and awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I forgot to uh, welcome back uh, Seth Rogen. It's Three Timers Club, dude. Uh, this knocked mm-hmm. up and this is the end. Yeah. Uh, this is the end is, is the seal in the Three Timers Club for a lot of people. Yeah, um, for sure. So many, so many just comedy guys, modern comedy yeah. guys are in it. Um, so uh, that night, or some somewhere around here uh, in the timeline of the movie, somebody robs the mall. Um, overnight, we just see like hands smash and grabbing, and mm-hmm. walk in uh, to him uh, seeing the damage that has been done. Um, we get uh, Ray Liotta uh, comes back to the mall now to investigate this. Um, it's Ronnie's job to like take him around to interview ladies and stuff. Uh, one of the first things they do is go to accost uh, Aziz Ansari, who's playing like Middle Eastern guy at one of those like kiosks in the middle of the mall. Like a, or like a lotion, lotion kiosk, yeah. He's yeah, he's it's funny that he's like sexually touching a lady, putting lotion on her, and and claims he didn't do anything or whatever. It makes her get out of there. Um, but they have the really fun uh, back and forth. Apparently they're old enemies already. Have mm-hmm. the really fun back and forth uh, saying "fuck you" thing, where yeah. uh, they both say "just fuck you" and they keep getting quieter and quieter until they're just far away, just s- snarled up faces, mouthing, <laughs> mouthing the yeah, words yeah. "fuck you," because, uh, like we said, like Ronnie's kind of like an alt-right, just super racist dude. Uh, yeah, like pr- proto alt-right guy. Yeah, they they do because. Aziz Ansari's character's name is actually Saddam, but it's S-A-D-D-A-M-N. So yeah. he calls him "fuck you, Saddam Hussein of Iraq." <laughs> and I forgot that he I says would, Saddam Hussein of Iraq. I would it's absolutely really write it off as just like knuckle dragging racist <laughs> bullshit, which it is. But the fact that he says "of Iraq" uh, definitely brought it back that. to I get a chuckle out of me. <laughs> it, 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 absolutely. Um. Uh, so Ray Liotta, uh, pulls him into the office and, uh, yells at him a lot. He's all mad that he's wasted his whole day. He's got to come back to this shithole mall to like actually try to find some clues or whatever. Another super um, funny fucking scene when he's uh, just screaming and Seth screaming Rogen's in face. his face. He, he calls him both the R slur and the, the F gay slur, uh, just all <laughs> in one barrage. Uh, it seems just right coming out of Ray Liotta's mouth. Um, he decides. I don't. I don't know what uh, f- 
makes him make this decision. But because uh, well, Ray Liotta is just like telling him, like you're, you're not a cop. Like you'll never be right. a cop. Like you're a security guard. He's just like belittling uh, all of his like life choices and uh, that. So like Ronnie sheepishly decides he's gonna go look into being a cop. Apparently he's never considered it before uh, just because like he was happy being the head of security at the mall. He had kind of like found his spot. And this is like another one of those just like super fucking sad, sad scenes. Like it's not played sad necessarily, but like you can just like, they actually do like a good job of eliciting like Ronnie as like, I think it's like probably the only time in the movie you see like Ronnie's true self and him being just like super like scared and nervous to kind of like put himself out there to ask to be a police officer kind of thing. Cause he kind of like walks in and he's just like, Oh, I just have like a couple questions. And the guy like asks him and is basically like, Oh, do you want to like, so do you want to apply? And he's kind of just like, yeah, start, um, I, I guess so. The background check. Yeah. 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 He really sheepishly agrees to t- to do it. Um, the guy says uh, he recommends he starts everybody out with a ride along with a cop, see like what it's like and stuff. So uh, the way he uh, uh, makes that happen is waiting in Ray Liotta's car, surprising him and yeah. demanding a ride along right then. Which is mm-hmm. uh, some of the more insane behavior out of a lot of insane behavior we see from this guy. Uh, Ray Liotta takes him to a bad neighborhood they call the Crossroads. Uh, and drops him off on the corner. Uh, he immediately tries to arrest a little kid who tries to sell him crack. Uh, Danny McBride comes over, who's the kid's dad. He has a tattoo of the child's face on his chest. Uh, Danny McBride is overacting his ass off here. I love the guy, but he is like not in tune with like the general vibe of this movie he's Mm. like acting like he's in a normal seth rogan danny mcbride movie and not this one that's like way more serious so i love 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 danny mcbride and he's definitely pulled off uh more serious roles i mean just even in eastbound and down you see i mean he's having the seth rogan thing here where it's Mm -hmm. deeply troubled man but i mean he's funny at the same time yeah Uh, um, so Ronnie beats the shit out of all of them. Yeah, yeah they like pull a, a gun burst on of ultra violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just grabs a, a, a collapsible baton from like his sock, starts smacking the shit out of him. Uh, I looked up Danny McBride's character's uh, name, credited name is Caucasian Crackhead yeah, for some yeah. reason. It's pretty funny. There was um because um, like uh there like writer director um Jody Hill um you know has a relationship with danny mcbride obviously like their boys and uh at first danny mcbride was supposed to star in this but then you know it was 2009 seth rogan was popping off so uh the studio brought in seth rogan and put him in there and honestly like you know going back almost on what i said earlier about studio meddling like i think it was the right choice like i, I think seth rogan does a good enough job in this movie where it's like i don't i, don't, I couldn't see danny mcbride's specific kind of style of physical comedy working as well as like Seth Rogen being this like kind of reined in sad version of himself. Yeah. I mean, cause even when you can tell Danny McBride, like, and he's bounded down when he's got like a lot of sadness underneath the surface, like he's still got that braggadocious exterior mm-hmm. that, 
uh, is perfect and he's bounded down. But yeah, yeah I think Seth Rogen's just like uh, self-hating, whatever, uh, works a lot better here. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just in McBride. I think it would have worked either way. Um, but yeah, he ends up uh, taking that uh, little kid into the, into the station like to be arrested um he's also dressed exactly like me here he's wearing a like a denim shirt with uh, <laughs> jeans uh uh i my review for i think paul blart was uh that uh seth rogan in this movie uh, I, it was that i look exactly like uh halfway between paul blart and seth rogan in <laughs> observing the report uh, <laughs> uh unfortunately um but uh yeah, so then he thanks Ray Liotta for like he's like I knew you really saw something in me like I yeah. had to become a cop whatever. So there's a montage of him training, Su- trying to super, become um, a cop, like taking the that conversation uh, with Ray Liotta is funny, uh, just because like you think it's gonna be him going I mean, like oh you set because he's like you set me up. You think he's gonna be like mad about it, and he's like, no, he's like, this is giving me the push I needed, and those six dead crackheads are proof. Like, <laughs> just like walking into a police station and admitting you killed six people, and then committing like <laughs> doing a citizen's arrest on an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah, because Ray Liotta, yeah, uh, when he comes in and accuses him of setting him up, Ray Liotta's like, yeah, so what I did, he's like ready to fight him over mm-hmm. it, and then he's like. I want to thank you. Like, yeah. Whatever. And then, yeah, I forgot. He says six dead crackheads. And you're like, huh? Did he fully execute those guys? Like what is, yeah. So I think they come with that. But yeah, now like, like you were starting to say, like there's a montage of him. Like he's like, Oh, I'm going to do, he's, he's like training for like the police thing. He like, you see him like pass the physical exam. He's like running through it. No problem. Just shoving Push, other people out of the way. Aside. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, he's like, building a like Pepe Silvia board about uh all the potential suspects of the flasher and there's there's a nice little callback joke because like when they're trying to interview people with like uh Ray Liotta like Seth Rogen's just accusing everyone he doesn't like in the mall of being the flasher and Aziz Ansari's character is one of them and Aziz Ansari is like it couldn't be me I got a brown dick you idiot (laughs) uh so then like on (laughs) like one of the only things you see that's like definitive or like a joke on uh ronnie's pepe sylvia board is a picture of the ewins with just another sticky note that says dick color question mark <laughs> i didn't catch that part that's yeah. really good <laughs> everything else is like pretty normal just like building out like his list of suspects and stuff and just the sticky note that says dick color is an all-time <laughs> sticky note <laughs> what is the weakness dick color question mark <laughs> Start um, compiling photos of all of the best Pepe Silvia boards and movies, and the one funny thing on them, and then building one of my own. It's very funny that we did that episode uh, to for uh, we did the Quiet Place for the Quiet Place Two coming out, mm-hmm. and then I've just never watched the Quiet, the Quiet Place, Place Two. No, me neither. <laughs> I was like, I was like, damn, that episode made me really realize how stupid a lot of this movie is. So, I'm not gonna watch the second one. I don't think. Uh, and then, <laughs> Not to like go fully back to our like best worst. Like I almost put that episode on my worst, and that was the one when I established the rule. I was like, no, they both have to be movies I didn't like because like right. the Quiet Place oh, the is fine, was horrific, but I yeah. hate the silence so much. And yeah. the fact that I had to watch, I've seen it twice, kills me. Yeah, because we were gonna start this. Fi- I, I'm sure we said it on that episode, but yeah, we were gonna start this podcast years ago, same premise, and mm-hmm. watched that those movies, and just never got around to recording no. until years later. God, um, that movie sucks. 
Uh, he's got way more courage uh, because he's training to become a cop. So he like forces Anna Ferris to get dinner with him. Yeah, he like um, she. They she set forgets up. About they it, set up though. a date. She forgets about it, and Ronnie's like, "That's okay. I made several reservations at different oh, restaurants. Yeah. We'll get a table anywhere." Yeah, and then they're at like an Applebee's style. They, place. I think. I think they go to the restaurant at the mall because he asked her at some point, like, "How do you like working in this mall?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, one of the things that I I'll always that uh, remember great. from this movie, uh, I do, although I do not condone this doing it in real life in any way, please be respectful to service workers. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is Anna Ferris just being like, watch this, drunk as hell already? Because she, like, he picks her up after she's come back from a night out and her just like lifting up her glass and shaking it and going nurse <laughs> and then looking at Seth Rogen and going it's funny to call waitresses nurse yeah uh yeah clearly a bad thing to do but <laughs> funny in this context yeah, exactly. and like a reverse uh, save the cat like clearly she's a bad person already but just driving that home mm-hmm. um i wanted to point out ronnie's uh date fit is sick as hell oh yeah dude he's, he's got like he's, a cosby sweater with a gold chain dude He's got uh, pants with zippers on, like, the, the calves of the legs that don't make any sense. Yeah. It looks so sick. Um, this is after yeah. he has the conversation with Nell where she explains she's a born-again virgin and then gives him the <laughs> advice of just be yourself. Or she says, like, dress as yourself. And this is the fit he comes up with, which is and, and, killer. And he goes... He's like, well, yeah, like we covered, you're not married, so really not going to take your advice to heart. <laughs> <laughs> he has a better wedding ring, assuming she's married, but she's married to you. I forgot about that. That's good. Um, she takes uh, one of his, like, like whatever pills he's on for being bipolar or whatever um, mental disorder he's got. Uh, she sees him taking one and asks for one because she wants to party. Um, yeah, it's like and he's like, clon- you know what? Take clonzepam take the whole thing. Clonazepam, I think. Yeah. Um, he's like, you know what? I'm actually doing really good. I don't think I need these. You can just have the whole thing. She thinks he's so cool for that. Uh, montage of her drinking a bunch of tequila and getting fucked up. Um, uh, cut to uh, he's driven her home. Uh, she throws up as he's confessing his feelings to her. She throws up. He says, I accept you and kisses her. Um, there's a kind of weird scene where they are having sex. Uh, mm-hmm. she seems like she's fully passed out. Uh, so he stops humping. Uh, she is cognizant enough to say, "What the fuck? Keep going, you motherfucker!" Or yeah. Whatever. Um, still, still a little strange. Oh, it's uh, this so is definitely some at least gray area of consent it's yeah, nice like of the I, movie to have her say uh consent at all but i'm still uh feeling bad about this mm-hmm. one uh this is uh the the next scene we get is him uh he's taking his psychiatric exam for the um the police yeah. academy and he yeah. says like some of the my most note says he's being clinically shit. insane at psych evaluation. So, okay, okay. Hold, I'm gonna break this all down. <laughs> he starts the thing by like she. The first question the psychiatrist asks is like, "Do you have any sort of like diagnosed mental illness?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm bipolar." And she's like, "Oh, are you okay? Are you on any medication?" She, he says, "She asks, what medications are you on?" He's like, "Oh no." He's like, "None as of today." And she's like, "Okay, well, why?" Um, why uh did your doctors take you off medication he's like they didn't uh and he's just like i just just figured i didn't need him anymore yeah uh so uh 
he says something along the lines of like, I just wanted, like, I think I'm ready to blast, blast away some motherfuckers or something. And she just goes like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to write, I'm gonna that, write down. that down. And I'm going to, I'm going to read this whole monologue. Cause this is like, Ronnie, oh, you wrote the whole thing down. I, I was thinking maybe it. I should write the whole I've, thing. I've down, got it here. Um, go for it. And cause this is like, Ronnie is like, fully unhinged now because he's off his medication and this is like a couple of like these long monologues he gives this one he gives in person the other one's a voiceover but he says i have a dream most nice it starts on a playground there's kids swinging this most laughing dogs barking butterflies just flapping their little wings and then you hear a rumbling and over the horizon comes a black cloud and it's made of cancer and pus and it starts sweeping over the playground and everyone starts screaming and clawing their eyes out and pulling at their hair and saying, help, what do we do? And you know what happens next? Out steps me, wielding the biggest fucking shotgun you've ever seen in your whole life. And you know what I do? I blow away every fucking thing away. And I am getting God's work done. When it's all over <laughs> and the dust is settled, the whole world gathers below me and they say, thank you, Ronnie. Thank you for helping being a great man and doing this for us. And you know what I say? You don't need to thank me. I'm just a guy with a gun. I'm just a cop. <laughs> and God damn it. If anything problematic in this movie is not just absolutely absolved by the fact that they get in 2009, just, just pitch perfect police commentary. Just so good. dude. Calling so cops, good. just guys with a gun. So fucking oh god, the whole thing fucking rules. Yeah, that part's great, dude. Also, yeah. he is he is doing it so deadpan serious. Like that's the other like yeah. what kind of makes this movie so he, fucking. He funny. thinks she's going to be like in awe of what he's saying Cause because you know what he does so next. Noble. He mimics holding up a shotgun and shooting her, and that's how the scene ends. <laughs> yeah, basically, he's super sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh it I, i'm pretty sure uh okay yeah it's the it's the next day he um he's uh he's back at um at the mall and he's just telling everyone that he's passed that he's a cop now that he's gonna oh, quit yeah. his job uh this is when him and uh michael pena they're like they're you know they're bonding they're like best friends or whatever and uh ronnie's like or not Ronnie, um, Michael Pena's character, um, Dennis, is like, here, let me kind of show you like how I relax. And they spend the whole day no, just... Well, so, yeah, so that's that's a little bit after. First, Leota gives him the news that he can't be a cop. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other, yeah, it's, that all happens like after. There's the scene of him telling everybody basically he is going to be a cop now. Um, and then uh, the next scene of Leota calling him into his office, he has... Uh, his buddy detective hide in the closet to listen. The guy's like, he comes out of the closet at some point. He's like, man, I thought this was gonna be funny, but this is actually super fucked up. So he just leaves. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, then he takes it out on the coffee leg girl. Um, because he doesn't know what to do. She starts crying really pathetically because Pat Oswalt keeps bullying her. So yeah, he, he he's uh, like just he runs out. into the back room. What's that? He's just like at, towards Nell, like because like again, like Nell's probably the only good person in the movie, and they're like legitimately friends. Like she cares about him, like probably has a crush on him, and uh, he just kind of like lashes out on her emotionally, and then yeah, he uh, sees her cry and g- 
goes into the back room and tries to shove Patton Oswald into like a industrial oven. He, he keeps hitting his face into the oven and saying, get in there. Get in there. <laughs> it's very good. And uh, then just points at the girl who's watching in terror and says, you do if you just keep being mean to her. It's like, God damn. Um, but uh, yeah, that, so that's when uh, he's, he, uh, he wants to take it out. He like confides his feelings in Michael Pena and Pena's like, dude, I've been wanting you to do, I've been, wa- I've been wanting you to do it. <laughs> I can't do how he's talking. He's oh, got he's this hilarious lisp voice. in this. Um, but yeah, they start just like walking around the mall drinking and uh, like smoking weed and ripping rails of coke and like uh, taking uh, Polaroids of naked ladies in the changing room and beating up uh, skaters. Yeah, being and bad then, dudes. <laughs> and it gets so wild that uh, Seth Rogen is sitting in a stall helping uh, Pena shoot up heroin. Yeah. It's just so good. Just like they just escalate from weed to just all the the hardest drugs imaginable, mm-hmm. uh, and then it 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 culminates in um Michael Pena. They they're like, oh, I love you. Like, oh, they're best friends. Like uh, Michael Pena calls him his partner in crime, and Seth Rogen's like, you use the p word. I've never been anybody's partner before, and Michael Pena's like, and, and you know the best part is like after everybody leaves. I robbed the shit out of this place. <laughs> you find out that he's the guy who's been robbing the the mall. Uh, Seth Rogen has literally just spent the day uh, doing hard drugs and assaulting children with Michael Pena, <laughs> but draws the line at stealing some jewelry from the mall because uh, yeah. that's the crime. Uh, <laughs> um, he, he still says, like, hey, man, I'm not going to tell anybody or whatever. Uh, but then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, fucking Pena knocks him out mm-hmm. from behind. Uh, we we get a weird shot where we're really like point of view from the back seat of the raffle car with Pena driving it and just drives Sick it out fucking of the mall. scene. Sick scene. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I think it's like now like Seth Rogen's like he like Ronnie's having a breakdown. He's like locked himself in the mall. They can't get he, him out. He, he gets in trouble here. He's gonna go undercover to catch the flasher. Yeah, he does like yeah, a whole yeah. uh, a whole thing about like what what he's gonna do to like catch this guy. He's gotta like act like the customers or whatever. He says he says so another thing that I quote a lot. He says I live by a code, a code of my own invention, but a code nonetheless, and I follow it to the fucking T. And uh, he's just like patrolling around the mall, snooping around. And then uh, sees uh, Anna Ferris fucking Ray Liotta in her in her car. Um, uh, so uh, goes accosts her, like screams at her for breaking his heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. Smashes the jewelry counter. Now he's in a lot of trouble. Um, this is what he holds up in the mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they send like 100 cops to come in and yeah. drag him out and then he says uh, so one he, of the coldest lines in any movie ever which is wild that yeah. it's in i got this i movie. got it written down too but you go he's he's like standing there and like ray Liotta's like come on don't do this like we don't like ronnie we don't need to we don't want to hurt you, you gonna come out or are you gonna make us drag you out and and like meanwhile it's like interspersed with like and like 12 like it's like 30 cops like all kind of like they've got him surrounded and uh, Seth Rogen's just standing there with like a mag light in his hand and he just says you didn't bring enough pigs to hurt me yep. and then just starts so bashing good. people's face in with a flashlight <laughs> uh, something something I've uh, uh, brought up a couple of times a scene I love in a movie is a 
Pol- uh, police officer holocaust as i like to call it just <laughs> absolutely destroying malignant did one mm-hmm. uh terminator absolutely does <laughs> one it's something we love to see uh, he is fucking these guys yeah up until, he apparently uh, broke I, a stunt a stunt actor's nose after accidentally hitting him in the face during this scene damn. Uh, uh yeah these are these are like big blows connecting just smashing people's faces with a mag light getting the upper ground he's taking hits himself but so, and then he like shrugging him off uh jesse Plemons um, like dives onto the pile freeing rogan yeah. to go fight ray Liotta, yeah, and he he, he he doesn't say it, but you can hear him mentally say, you know what? Fuck it. And yeah. Just jump in there to back him up. And then like when Rogan um, gets to Leota, Leota just picks up a mall sign and uses it like a baseball bat to just hit him in the face. And like they're fighting. Yeah. Uh, she gets insane. The next day, you like, see in the background as they finally take Ronnie down in the background, just uh, Plemons getting the absolute shit kicked mm-hmm. out of him. Rodney King style by big circle of cops. <laughs> uh, this is when like Ronnie's like, you know, I guess about to like kind of throw in the towel. Uh, you get um, just kind of like scenes of him kind of sadly like going home. Uh, yeah, there's a there's just a big scene with his mom. Yeah, where, where she says not that she's giving up drinking, but that she's switching to beer because she can drink that shit all day and still be like functional or whatever. Still keep her shit together. Yeah. I think is what she says. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. He's he's like really sad because he's like lost his job and everything he cared about and everything. And he's like, uh, "Mom, do you think uh, do you think Dad left because of me?" She's without even th- thinking about it for one half of one second. She says, "Of course, baby." Yeah, <laughs> like God, God damn, dude. Um, uh, that shit's great. Uh, he goes back to the mall uh, and makes a big point of how he wants to pay for his coffee like a regular guy is this before Um, whatever dude just have a coffee i don't care she like got her hair done now and her Mm -hmm. cast is off now uh at the coffee shop is this when he gets the letter from michael pena from dennis because this is oh that's with that's with his mom yeah this is the this is the time this is like out of everything that i remember from this movie this is the thing that i say the most and i'm not going to read the whole letter because it's not all funny but the letter starts with "What's up, Mo Freckle? How's your dick hanging? Low, I hope." Yeah, <laughs> we we love to say "How's your dick hanging, low?" I hope. Uh, it's so, very good so fucking funny, dude. I, I forgot. There's a scene where uh, Dennis is hanging out. I don't know. Remember why Dennis is hanging out with his mom? Because his mom, just apropos of nothing, just says to Dennis, uh, you know, when Ronnie was in high school, I used to fuck all his friends. <laughs> it's like, God damn, what the fuck? Just, to, yeah, more just to make this movie as bleak as possible. Mm-hmm. None of these people live good lives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, it's fucking low, I hope is really, really good. I That's another one that I literally forgot was from this. Yeah, me it's too. So good. It's so good, though. Um, so, yeah, he... Uh, he has this nice conversation um, about the shit that's been going on with him with Nell. Um, insists on paying for his own coffee because he's got to understand he's a real guy now. Uh, she kisses him across the table. And then immediately in the middle of the frame as their faces part is the flasher. His mm-hmm. penis directly between them. Um, uh, starts up the chase. He's running. He's chasing him. Uh, uh, makes a point of running directly up to Aziz uh, Saddam Hussein of Iraq uh, <laughs> as part of the chase and just cold clocks him while running. Um, you think uh, the guy gets away, but he takes a shortcut through like back rooms or whatever. Um, but uh, the flasher runs all the way through the mall. 
gets to Anna Ferris um, and is starting to run directly at her. Ronnie's already set up multiple times. He's insisted to Anna Ferris that this guy is going to murder her at yeah. some point. So, uh, <laughs> she is very, very scared. Uh, he Ronnie pops out out of nowhere and uh, unceremoniously shoots the man in the chest. Yeah, and then <laughs> the because, because this movie is the movie that it is, uh, it is just as bloody as you would assume a real gunshot wound in a mall. Absolutely. Like, cosmetic counter would be <laughs> there's blood yeah, the everywhere laying laying there naked writhing in pain <laughs> yeah just blood all over the place uh anna ferris tries to uh like thank him and reunite with him for saving her and uh he publicly humiliates her saying um if you want somebody who will have sex with you and then fuck your enemy go to brandy because she's <laughs> the one who will do that it's like, God damn, what a weird way you're speaking. But yeah, I guess. Um, he takes a flasher into the station uh, himself and tells them all to fuck off. Uh, I love that uh, everybody's just like silent as he's handing the flasher over who is horrifically injured. Yeah. But um, uh, everyone is silent except for like Ray Liotta's like, well, you got him, Ronnie. He's like, yeah, I did. Not you fucking cops. And then uh, that one detective who had been in the hi- uh, hiding in the closet earlier, just from from behind, just goes, way to go, Ronnie. <laughs> like 100 percent serious, <laughs> like actually stoked for him, uh, which is super good. I've, uh, I've never the seen movie, I've never seen the movie, but apparently this is just like outright mimicking the final scene from Copland, which is a movie that Ray oh. Liotta is the same situation. Like the wannabe cop drags in the assailant, you know, whoever they've been after to present them to Ray Liotta defiantly, uh, hmm. which I mean, I'm sure it was a hundred percent intentional, but I think that's, that's a funny little tidbit. That's, that's sick though. I've never seen cop lately. Me neither. I've been meaning to for a while. Um, great name for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie ends with, uh, him, uh, back to work, uh, uh, head of mall security again, uh, being interviewed. Um, he's, uh, proudly proclaiming, uh, that, uh, Nell is his girlfriend now. Um, she's, uh, married to God, uh, and can't have sex, but, uh, that's a, pro- uh, that's a, uh, vow. I am looking forward to forcing her to break soon. He yeah. says, and, uh, the movie's over. Um, again, insane that Ronnie is objectively a horrible fucking person and has potentially mm-hmm. killed seven people in this movie <laughs> and seriously injured multitudes others. Uh, um, and he's still our hero and like he gets his job back, uh, which he that, was like, how, how ridiculous from. what you're talking about is, I mean, one, it's reminiscent of Taxi Driver, which this movie is like definitely. Uh, oh, for in sure. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. like updating Taxi Driver, um, but like a funnier Taxi Driver, I guess. But it also, I mean, up until like, I don't know exactly what point either, like when he loses his job, when he fights all the cops or like when Michael Pena knocks him out or somewhere around there. Everything else that happens in the movie just as easily could have been a dream sequence. Like everything is just his death dream of what could have happened. Like it feels larger than life. I don't really like that kind of uh, like the movie does not present it to me as a dream sequence. No, so no, no, no. I don't like saying it's a dream, but this is definitely feels like a movie that the the entire end he could have just woken up at the end and he's like bloodied 
like dying uh from the blow yeah. to the back of the head from Pena or from getting hit by the sign by Ray Liotta or whatever. Sure, yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, it it's just existing in its own weird little I I don't know, like what what like genre? It's not magical realism because there's no magical thing, but it's definitely this just kinda It's too happy of an ending. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's, it's just this fantasy world life on purpose. Yeah. Um, um and everyone but, exists like you gotta it. do that because it's a comedy like, yeah, yeah, yeah at the end of the day even though it's a really dark comedy Super it's dark. still a comedy easily like it, I mean, everything's presented like so straight and not traditional comedy and not even like traditional like dark comedy but it is easily just like one of the blackest comedies i've probably yeah. ever seen well, could, everything is because more <laughs> most dark comedies like aren't as dark but also aren't as comedic like yeah there's just less jokes in most dark comedies than this but uh it's just more kind of down it's, the middle serious it's, but it's all jokes presented serious in a horribly bleak subject matter uh right. and characters like i said every everyone in this movie leads some sort of like sad existence uh i don't think anyone here is truly happy uh <laughs> which is why except for truly happy except maybe nell nell's the only maybe good, nell, nell is the only I mean, good something person. happened in her life that forced her to become a born-again christian <laughs> yeah. and like that's i mean born-again christians are some of the craziest people in the entire world yeah, um can't argue yeah uh good movie i um, like this movie a lot i, I like, I like this one a lot um, I mean, just the the letterbox rating and the Rotten Tomatoes ratings, I think, are way too low on this one. I think it's, I mean, I mean, this is another one like super bad, like some other movies we've talked about that just hit us at the exact perfect time. I think, but uh, probably uh, really, re- I, I I think it's really good. I think it's really funny and uh, like serious enough gives it staying power as well. Um, yeah, and I think honestly, like in like watching it you know as a sort of like reappraisal like in 2022 like it honestly like seems to be on the right side of like police politics um not looking at any of these people in any sort of like favorable light i mean it just straight up says cops are just guys with guns uh and this character who idolizes and wants to become a cop uh himself is a horrible person doing it for horrible reasons yeah yeah so i mean i i think observant report needs to be reappraised it's better than it's better than it's 2.8 i think oh definitely yeah i give it a four i mean i did too yeah um good movie it is a good movie um i don't know i don't i don't know if i want to do our normal sign off what's the point who gives a yeah, shit? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep. I mean, yeah, feel free to f- keep following us on Letterboxd. Please, keep yeah, see please, what we're up to. Please do. Um, like, um, we'll probably tweet. I guess if another episode comes out, tweet or Instagram or something. If we just feel like recording an emergency episode, <laughs> yeah, we did, for like, some reason, like we said, like uh, I think both of us are very down and want to come back in some way. Um. We just don't know if it's going to be this exact. It's definitely not going to be this exact format, whether it's the same theming uh, or whatever. It's not going to be a weekly release schedule. And we're going to do, you know, a slightly different kind of format and a way to like tackle it. That makes it a little bit, hopefully a little bit more fun for everybody, uh, us included. Um, or we just come back as something else. And I mean, maybe we just kind of like, you know, every 
couple months or something. Oh, we could die tonight. Yeah, who knows? I'm I'm expecting a meteor. Uh, but no, I mean, please just go like follow everything. I think it'll be a comet. Follow all of our social medias. Um, the for the all the the podcast and us. Uh, you know where to find them if you've been listening. Big, big shout out to Ryan and Sam still for helping us out with stuff. Yeah, and everybody who wanted to be a guest and everybody who's listened. Ne- point. Neither of them know it except they're about to hear it right now is uh they they will be fulfilling their same roles whenever we do come back if it says something different so <laughs> uh but yeah no go and follow like all their stuff and anybody that's been on a guest if like they have any sort of project or whatever please like go and support them uh they they're doing probably better stuff than we ever did here um so but we appreciate everybody listening and sticking around and hopefully uh whenever we come back uh, you guys kind of come back with us and uh, I, I've, this has been a very fun project and fun thing to do. Uh, so I think we had a fun last episode too. This is a good one. All right. Yeah. I like this episode. I, this is a fun I episode. felt bad too. Last week it was like, I knew I wanted to have the conversation and then we had a fun episode and then I, <laughs> like, I, like I literally chickened out and then text you about it the next day. Yeah. And then I felt like, super fucking it. bad. Cause like, <laughs> This is like oh, no, yeah, no yeah, one needs finding this information. A dog or whatever. Yeah, I came. So Dan texts me, <laughs> and like I'm literally in the middle of like there is a lost dog that was super friendly, and like well, it was like clearly somebody's dog, and we're like, damn, dude, we got to find this dog's owner, and it ended up being like this like long process where we like kind of walked her around. She kept leading us up to like other people's houses and shit, and we were like knocking on doors, and we're like, is this your dog? And they're like, no, and we're like, all right, well, she led Do us up to his driveway. Do you know like where she lives? Yeah, we ended up taking her to a vet and like she was microchipped and it turns out it's like she lives at a house that's like four doors down from us. It's just a cool, chill outside dog named Tina. Uh, <laughs> Tina Oh, she ass. was supposed to be outside? I didn't Not like that. wandering the neighborhood, but like okay. she hangs out, like she lives in the backyard. It's got like a nice dog house and stuff and uh, she's kind of big, big lady. So, but nice. yeah, it ended up being like, I didn't text Dan back for like, probably like six hours <laughs> it's like holy shit because like i knew yeah. if like I, I, had- I, re- I remember being like damn dude i guess max is like way more upset about this than i thought he would be i'm like i thought he'd be on the same page kind of damn he must he must really be figuring out what to say about this shit <laughs> she's like nah just completely <laughs> forgot about it and got busy yeah, I had to deal with this d- damn teen <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's a bonus story for everybody. But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you if you've been with us the whole the whole time. And hopefully uh, whenever we come back, you guys come back with us and we can keep having some fun. But, Don't call it a comeback. But Dan, you got any last, last words for everybody? Last, last words. Uh, something I always regret. Uh, so I got to do it this time too. I'm going to lead us out with a song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be a very serious song Max. Okay. it's going to be so somber right, yep. as we go remember all the pods we cast together <laughs> okay cut my mic this dog <laughs> shit I didn't. I didn't realize until halfway through that that I was going to put in the words podcast <laughs> to the song <laughs> Two features at once. Double C.
Yeah.